2015 offseason. This is show 169, and we are fired up to give you the fantasy goo yet again during your offseason. Who says there's an offseason? We say there is an offseason. I didn't say there's an offseason. <laughs> and we are Houdini to the left of me. I got Stag Party across the way from me. I'm D Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And on this show, which we're calling Beers and Tears, we're going to be talking about tears. We're going to be talking about our own tears. We're going to talk about how they, what they meant to collective tears. We're going to talk about why we use tears in a little bit of a strategy background manner. And, um, you know, we might even talk about how year-end tears ended up last year and stuff like that. So tears all over and beers down our throats. Sounds I thought good we to were me. calling it Catching Fire Part 2. No. I missed the memo. No, like, you did. You wanted that. I said no. You just didn't. I mean, I thought you guys it. were going full he, he war came, he, he came dressed up like Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. I mean, yes. I'm on fire, baby. Yeah. <laughs> just like Rashad Perryman, who just apparently an hour ago ran, reported, you know, hand times. You got to take these with a grain of salt. They're usually, uh, you know, 0.1 second faster than, you know, in electronic time. But... Point or four point one five forty time with rates with uh, times ranging between you know four point one five and four point two four and on was, hand man, hand hand watches hand timed. Then his second attempt came in at a hand watch stop clock stopwatch times four two six. So this guy is fast who we didn't get to see at the combine. He could have put up the best time with anybody there, but you know it's something we'll never know. But Sort of a cool thing that just happened recently. Well, who's, here's the crazy thing: is when you see, think well, about the crazy thing guys, was no, the crazy thing was how he actually did his attempt because he was actually a man running on fire. He actually walked over hot coals <laughs> and then hit the starting gate. <laughs> Fair enough. That one guy will probably wouldn't let you do that. Like, come on, he's into it. He's into it. Uh, hold it. Hold, hold it. Full yeah, stop. Full stop. <laughs> Three seconds. Um, but the thing that's amazing about it is these fleet foot guys, even the guys that were running or supposed to run them uh, really fast this year, the dude from Miami, you know, space in their names, but the Dorset, the Dorset, and then the, and then the other the other guy that actually ran the best time. These guys are smaller dudes. Let two years ago, uh, Tavon Austin and and, and Marquise Goodwin, Goodwin, Goodwin. Yeah. Dre Archer, Goodwin, and, Dre yeah. Archer, and so these guys are always these don't guys get are over like, enamored with speed. But this is different. These guys are five eight five nine. Not this dude. I, that's what I'm saying. I know. This guy is friggin' 6'2", 
215, 210. Yep. I think you weighed in today at 216. So he's running that kind of speed, and he's big. That you take notice with. The same thing that you uh, that you see with White. I mean, he lit it up. He had the third fastest um, third fastest time, and he's the same thing. 6263 type of guy. So when those times come in with those body, I'm starting to learn, Houdini, these wide receivers that have the bigger bodies, they're going to have the better pro. They're going to be able to take on these uh, these smaller and sometimes even now bigger uh, cornerbacks. Well, they're definitely going to be able to be better faster. They're going to get acclimated to the game. They're going to have a better rookie seasons, the guys who are six feet and above versus yeah. the guys who aren't. History bears that out. The article I did last year bears that out. Uh, it's it's just fact. It's so. fact. And if you're running a four, if you're running a four one versus what usually these bigger dudes are running than the four fives, uh, advantage. So that is sweet. Good information. A little bit. A little bit. Where did you go to school? You UCF. UCF. Same place as Blake Bortles. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Awesome stuff. Well, you know, I'll give you a quick background. You guys that listen to us a lot know. Tears, we lead with tears. That's our thing. It's everything that we give you pre-draft or pre-your pre fantasy football draft, pre-season NFL season, is about any piece of information. All these podcasts we give, we're trying to give you this information to help you decide your tiers. It's all these different cogs in the wheel that we've spoken about, whether it's strength of schedule, whether it's, uh, you know, um, Touchdown dependency, whether it's QB distribution, any of the targets, touches, and looks, put anything it is. Um, it's food for thought and ingredients to help you deliver your tears and make those airtight. So, in this show, we're going to talk about a myriad of different things. So, I'm officially kicking off phase two Operation Fiscal Jackhammer. Yes, this is, what, this is where we start this party. So, you know, for me, tears are. I'll just give you a background on why I love them so. It's one for me when you're in the draft, I used to and lost when I was doing it, would be looking while I'm on the clock, looking through magazines, on websites, and trying to get that last tidbit of information that's gonna put one guy over the other. What that what happens when you're doing that? One, you're an idiot. You know, there's nothing but pressure happening. You're, you're not you're not you're not putting yourself in the right frame of mind. But what you do is you lock in on a position. You're locking in on one spot, and you're locking in, and you're comparing one position to another. I must Two, have a wide receiver right now. I got it. And who is what? Is it this guy or that wide receiver? Tears gives you the broad, gives you the bird's eye view, allows you to really easily, in, in, a, in, a, in a visual manner, compare a wide receiver to a running back, to a tight end, to a quarterback, based on your needs, but sometimes you just got to go with the best value and not grab a, the best wide receiver on the board when there's high, high value at a great running back that you like, um, tiers really allow you to puzzle that all together and see the whole lay of the land. That I think when people are doing their top 200 rankings or they're going off of just a sheet of players they love, you're thinking about, you're not thinking about position and the need compared to the player and the talent. On top of that, not only are you getting the lay of the land, you are creating these tiers or you're using our help to create these tiers. And once you have them created, they are created in the vision of your league with your league's rules in mind. So it's not just a generic, I'm using, you know, some guy off the web's just their rankings. 
you, if, you're, if you're doing your minutia and everything correctly, that's why we start doing these tears now. We keep reworking them. They change. These are living, breathing organisms that Rowing. have to be treated as, as such. And we cultivate them and we, we get them to the point where they are ready to be harvested in August. Great way to put it, man. That is, that's, that's the truth. You're, 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 it, sometimes it becomes more like an alien type creature at the end of the season if things go wrong. But sometimes it is an angelic, angelic baby. I mean, you got to put your own touch on these things. You got to do them for yourself. That's where you'll really see the value. You know, we might like uh, a guy like Andrew Luck at number one, just as an example. Uh, but you might like Aaron Rodgers at number one. You know, tailor the team to fit your needs. Go Aaron it's, Rodgers. It's not, it's not our team. Yeah, we're not right. And, you know, uh, it's not our team. You got to like the team you're putting on the <laughs> field every week. And if not, why are you playing, you know, fantasy football? You've got to have a feeling about a guy. You got to go with guys you're higher on than other people. You got to put them up in your list and make sure this guy's on your team. You know, there's guys you're absolutely going to avoid. He might not even end up on your tiers because you hate this guy so much. And you, you hate the Seahawks. So, you know, screw Marshawn Lynch. He's never been on one of my teams. So, at least you know that. Right. You know, the other thing I think is key when we talk about these tiers, the ultimate idea of it is about the tier break. It's about understanding where there are major drop-offs of, in production at any given position. And you need to know, okay, I, I'm looking at quarterbacks. When I have a tier break, it's because I got these top tier guys are guys that are going to throw 40 touchdowns, less than you know 15 interceptions. Okay, this is a big tier. The next guys are going to only throw maybe 33, 32 touchdowns. Well, I got to have a break there. This is a major drop off in point production, and know where those succinct drop offs are. So that way, when you're getting, as Drex said, the big land uh, overview in the draft, you're looking at it and you go, okay, you know what, I. I I could drop off here, but this is a big tier. I got a good section of eight guys that are still out there at that position. Whereas on this tier, there's only one more guy left at this top tier here. I got to grab this guy now. And inside a tier break, inside that tier, you're ranking each guy in order of your preference. You know, you consider them to be comparable players, talent and production-wise. So then you rank them how you think, you know, sort of how you think they'll finish and reasons why and whether it's because this guy might score more touchdowns than, you know, Odell Beckham might score more touchdowns than Julio or, you know, Odell Beckham might uh, go for more yards than Jordy. You know, you're just looking for those little reasons inside your tiers to, you know, break them into an almost ranking inside the tier break. Absolutely, but when those guys are bundled and you, you're feeling that if one of those guys is gone, the next guy is still going to be your best option. You know, you're, you're, when, when, you're, when you're creating your tiers and there's a drop-off, say for me, in my, from tier one to tier two, it's Calvin Johnson's the last guy at, about number, at number six in my tier one, and then you go to Jordy Nelson. It's like, Jordy Nelson, love him. He's tier two, seventh-ranked wide receiver. But for me, there's just that drop-off for him. So I'm going to put him in the tier two instead of having him bundled up right underneath Calvin Johnson in tier one. So and I think another thing that, that, that I think tiers really, really, really do. One, I love the point, and we say it on this podcast all the time. Put your mark on Let Make sure you love the guys. But what I think that when you're really preparing tiers and starting early, I've done my first uh, tiers. You've done your first. You've done your first. We're going to go through guys that bounce out at us. We're going to go through our collective tiers. We're made based on those three varying different tiers. Uh, but what I really think that tiers achieves is 
you know when you, you, there's certain people that really prepare hard and you, you, you're always like, oh, you're lucky. And certain, one of my very successful friends, I'm like, you are the luckiest bastard. He's like, you know, I believe you make your own luck, man. And it's true. Uh, you put yourself in the right situation and preparation meets opportunity is luck, you know? You're going to get more lucky if you're prepared and you're, and you're setting up and working hard through this. When draft day comes and there's that, there's that, uh, that, that choice between two guys, you're going to have gone through it, done your mocks, done, done your second guessing, pitted two guys against each other, and you're going to get your luck. It's the Not six, Andrew Luck. The, your luck in general. Be lucky. The six Ps. Proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. There penis. you go, man. And that's and, <laughs> and that's it. These things, your when penis. You're, yeah, don't be a penis. So when you're starting and you're getting these things going, remember they're a growing document. They're a moving document. Right now, they're we don't I, we don't even have rookies in our tiers right now. Free agents that haven't been signed aren't on our list. Since I did these ones on the 16th of March, a number of guys have signed. Next time I go and do my tiers, which will be in the next couple weeks, adding in the, those guys. The minute after this draft is over, all the guys that I think that are rookies this year that are fantasy relevant will make it onto the list. So don't think that you're like creating it and then you're like, why would I start this early when the season... You start now to plant that seed. Put it on the shelf. Watch, study fantasy football and, fan, and, and NFL news. Then go back to it in a month. Once and, a month. You can do it yeah. once a month. And here's why it's cool. Here's why it's cool. Because you'll have your initial set of tiers, and you save that version. And then you, as, you, as you change it, you save version, version two. Yeah. And you want to go and you want to look and say, okay, where is the player tracking for me? Well, you may have a player that you started out, say, in wide receivers, ranked as the 35th wide receiver. But now as you come out to your third version, he's up to 27 or he's up to 24. He's like, okay, well, this guy's rising and you have another guy that's falling. And it, it, you now know what the tendencies are. And so at least going into your draft, you may have that guy who is falling, but you've been doing this once a month, so you know he's been falling. In the same tier with some other players, you're probably going to say, you know what, I'm going to avoid the guy that I've been dropping and I'm going to go with the guy that I know has been, has been rising. And that's a good point. And I've said this before, and I do it every year. Guys that I know I don't want on my team, I take off my tears. For you guys, you know, the audience, we have to keep them in there. Because I don't want you guys being like, hey, well, how come you don't have this guy in there? And it still happens. I missed this, uh, this time around. I missed Cal, uh, not Calvin Johnson, uh, Charles, Charles Johnson. Johnson. I left him out. I and I really like the guy. I forgot Matthew Stafford. You forgot Stafford. It happens. You start <laughs> moving around and copying and pasting and moving dudes around in Excel. And it's bound to happen where you're going to miss a guy or forget it. But that's why you start now and you keep massaging this. Because the next time you look in, be like, how did I miss Calvin jo or, uh, Charles Johnson? How did I not have Stafford in? Another reason to get going early. But not only that, it's also the thing if you if you even have it, you know, we're looking at it more than once a month. But if you're looking at it once a month, you're going to come back to it at some point. And go, what the hell was I thinking? Why do I have Vernon Davis at number six? Which is great. You want it? You want to have that feeling now? Right. You want to have that feeling in two months? Next month? Not on draft day. The people that the people that come in and are doing that on draft day are underprepared. Don't get the luck. And, uh, you know, the one thing I want to say here about tears, and we're, it's going to be disjointed, we're just going to have a conversation, bounce a lot of ideas, and, you know, I think that's a good way for us to do a podcast like this. But something I want to mention is the way that you were saying how you got to tier or rank guys by importance within your tier. Of course, I agree with that. I'm, there's people approach tiers in a different way. There are some people that think tiers is as many teams as in your league, say you're in a 10-man league, they think that each tier has to have 10 guys. 
I do not do it that way. You know, there's certain people, especially like Eric Carabell, I think he started doing tears in the last year. Uh, I, used to, six I, used, years I, used, I used to think about that, but here's what I would always say. I know you know what I'm talking about, but basically, if you've got 10 guys in your league, that means tier one is going to be 10 guys, tier two is another 10 guys, tier three is another 10 guys, and same goes across the four positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. That's not the way I do it. If I think there's a, a lo and behold number one wide receiver, as I have in many, many years, this year not as much so, but if there's a number one value at that position, Calvin Johnson's been alone in tier one wide receivers for years for me, then you're alone. Then you go to tier two. That can be three guys. That can be eight guys. That could be so. Make you can do them if you want to do it based on the size of your league and each tier is that number. I don't like that though. Let's, I let's think, discuss a yeah. couple what different are, options. But right? here's what I would say. Here's how I would for sure tell you on this is one option is have it like you're saying. That's now I, I'd say that's what we all do our tiers here. It's based on the the the, the, the talent that's that's there where the breaks are. But you could have a little side marker that just says, here's where the demarcation of who the top wide receiver yeah. ones are, wide receiver two, where flexes. So you know, you could just have that and just know where that rolling marker is. And, that, and that's that's enough that, that you need. You don't need to go further than that. I don't know if you and you, and you could use that as well and sort of be like, oh, I'm almost out of guys I feel comfortable with as a wide receiver two. Mm-hmm. So I need to grab a wide receiver now rather yeah. than waiting two rounds. And, you know, maybe that's how you do it. It's like, that's one way. Uh, there's one way, uh, you know, a different option is going across the four positions. If there's 10 or 12 teams in your leagues. So, you know, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. We'll go with a basic 10-man. You should have one way. This is one option. I'm not saying this is the best way. This is the worst way. But you have 10 players across those positions that you consider first-rounders. And then you go down and do 2-2. Two, two. Uh, but you, so you're saying you're plus. saying that that two could be in uh, quarterback, three could be in running back, yeah, and I then know. two and I'm three. With you, I'm with you because I did I, I do that now because what I do is this. I don't want to be and it's it, and this is kind of in conjunction where, where you're talking about the rankings in between the tiers because you've always said D Rex that and, and this is I think also a great idea because you want to enter your draft and not be conflicted that you're having these arguments with yourself ahead of time. When you're putting one guy ahead of the other, you're saying, who would I draft? If it comes down to this, yes. who would I draft? And so that's why one guy gets put ahead of the other. So, you know, I, 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 I think that's key. But what I'm also doing, like what you're saying, Stags, is I planned out 24 guys. I'm in a 12-team league. I want 24 guys. I said, whatever. As long as I'm going to get two of these guys are going to be my first two-round picks. And that way I'm not worried. And I, I ranked them in, in, in my top 24. Who would I most like to have? And then as it came up, boom, picks were easy. You know what we got to do? We worked uh, about a month now ago on, on during the combine on the, the sub tiers thing that we do. And we got to finish that. And that's a lot of work. So we got to work on that or we got to make sure that happens. But also what we could do is the way that we've done in the past different rule sets for different leagues. I think we should have a piece on tiers that's really about the history of tiers and different ways you could take it and do all these different types of tier pieces and allow a download for it. Uh, that would be awesome where it's like we just show all these different types and let pe- let our listeners and our, our users and people um, really be like, you know what, this is the way I want to use tiers and would be the most successful. And give them those templates. It, so. it, yeah, it's all about your mindset. Mm-hmm. Tiers are just supposed to put you at ease on drafting because you've already had the fight with yourself about which guy you would take, which guy you wouldn't take. You've had the fight uh, 
almost between positions where it's like you might value a tier two tight end over a tier five wide receiver, but other people might have, you know, they might not even have a tier two tight end because they because they know that they could go pick one up a dime a dozen, and there's plenty that you can even play those week to week. And that's you know personal preference, you know. The way we kind of do it as a collective is we just do it by talent. And, you know, that's how we do it. And that's where the breaks are. You know, that's how we decide our breaks. And I think the best part about this is, you know, obviously tiers and, and mock drafts are, are, are you got to realize your tiers while you're doing some mock drafts and using them real time. And I'm telling you, there are going to be stumblers and there are going to be shooting stars. Where you're going to be in that mock draft, there's going to be nothing on the line, and you're going to see a guy that's five below the, the top person in that position, five players below, which on draft day you can't do that. You, if you're drafting the guy that's five below another running back in the same position, you've done your tiers wrong. Right. This isn't a list for you to go grab bag by. It's the list top down. It's the order that you're going. But when you're doing these mock drafts, you will see that, like, wait, real time? In the heat of the moment? In the, your gut is telling you, I need this guy on my team. What does that tell you? That tells you when you go back to your tiers and you're going back to the drawing board, you know what? I did a mock with this guy the other day, and I took him over all those dudes. And I got to move him up. Whoops. Move him up. So you don't make that mistake in real time. You could be wrong. He might not score more than the other four guys afterwards, but there's a reason that happened. Heed the calling. Yeah. And there could be a guy who gets drafted, you know, four, five picks before you, and you're super pissed that this guy is gone. Move him up. You know, yeah, and there's Good a guy point. who keeps falling into your lap uh, that you keep, you know, putting on pretty much. Nah, I'm not taking him, even though he's the best available on whatever you know mock site you're using. You know, keep moving him down. You know, you just got to use mock drafts to hone your tiers. Yeah, but tiers are if you don't bring anything else on draft day, you bring tiers. I bring what two sheets of paper. And if I'm lucky, I get an 11 by 17 printout, and that's the only thing I'm bringing with me on draft day. I might have a separate one pager for kickers and defenses when I get you when, might when I get to so round 15 and 16. But no, it's it. It's one sheet. I tell you again, 11 by 17. Put them all down there. You got everything on there. You can I take remember your notes. a guy used to come to my drafts. He had a, a notebook, one page with with, with like. 85 different, you know, uh, little... Uh, uh, Back in my day. Right, that, that, <laughs> right, that's exactly right. And then, and then they'll be the same person who... who well, that guy, just so you know, yeah. was on the clock for like 20 minutes. Dude, no, come on! Here's hurry the up, pick! He's like, no, I'm no, almost no. got it! Here was the whole thing. He brings the whole stupid thing. And doesn't use it. Because it's impossible to use. <laughs> How can you go and flip through 135, 45 bios on players? And what are you going to do reading a bio on a player? Because you know, he, he would print out from like his website whatever. He got the bios. One, you know, that's that's, hilarious. that's so ridiculous. True. In our draft kit this year, we're also going to include a blank version of so a, a tiers I did it. You know, sheet or a blank template for tiers. You can go side by side with us and sort of rank along as you're scrolling through our tiers, checking stuff out. So you can sort of be making yours as you're looking at our rankings. And hey, you know that's what's going to be best prepare you for your draft, and that's what you can use on draft day. The, the other benefit that that we have that that you probably don't have is that we all, even though we all play fantasy football. We are we discuss our tiers together and we oh, yeah. we work through it. And you're going to hear it here. You can't really do that. Twenty minutes, right? But you, and you can't do that uh, with uh, anybody in your league because you don't want them to know where you're thinking. So 
It's that's real. the benefit of us. So that's the benefit of taking our tiers and then using those to help you figure out your tiers. And the other thing is this, and as we're going to talk about, D-Rex, Stag Party, and myself, we don't think the same on all these guys. We come know. up with our own tiers. So, and see Not at all. And to each his own. And we actually, at the end, we did our end of season uh, tiers review last year, uh, for last season. And we looked, hey, who, based on the real end, end of the season numbers... I don't have those printouts on me, but maybe you can find them. But at certain positions, you know, I did really well. Another one I was terrible at. So we're not. There ain't no right here. You know, we're not. We're not. I'm not we're not. No Stradamus of fantasy football. Our rankings nope. are always better than a lot of other uh, other people's. Usually right up there. We always do really good in our leagues and draft really good teams. But there, we're trying to give you the information so you can take it, digest it, use it for your own, and put your spin on it. Like Val Merrywood. Boom. There's a flavor. <laughs> what flavor are you drinking over there? What do you got? Since we're talking tears and beers, we gotta announce yeah. your, uh, your announce your drinks. So uh, I'm uh, I'm drinking the uh, Sierra Nevada Torpedo Extra IPA. Good times. Yes, good times. I noticed the other day uh, that I was in the beer aisle and I noticed that uh, Sierra Nevada came out with a beer called Nooner. Nice. My last name is Noonan, and I saw Nooner on there, and I was like, yes, that might have to be my session beer. And what it tastes like. I didn't try it. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't in the mood for a session beer. I was drinking at night. I was in the mood for a buzz beer. Session beer, just to give you a little background, Mr. Stag Party, is if you want to party at night, but you're hanging out and drinking during the day. You drink a session beer. You drink a session beer. It's got that hoppy taste, but not that hoppy buzz. So pretty much when we're like, up in Michigan doing some Camp David or something on the boat, and I know that I want to smoke you clowns and beer pong later that night. I'll be drinking a session, and then at night, we'll, a high life. See, we're like talking about a, beers. Like we're a talking about tears. We're like not in both. Founders All Day IPA. I like that one. Yeah, that's 4. a good 4.2%. Well, session beer is, the, the, there's a great session beer by Stone, which is like called Stone to Go or something. Stone's a great brewery. Yeah, it really is. They, they got some good stuff. But the one thing to go back to what uh, Stag Party is saying, the only thing you got to bring is this one sheet. I bring it on eight and a half by eleven, just because it gives you more space. The names are bigger. I'm getting old. I don't wear glasses, but I don't want to have to like squint to see anything. And basically, you bring that. You bring your six or twelve pack. Oh, you don't need a computer. You've already done all the research. Literally, never use the computer. That's the whole point. You never use the computer. You are relaxed when it comes to drafting. Yeah, especially. And the other thing I do bring relaxes me even more. Yeah, there you Laxatives. Go. Yeah, ex-lax. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, well, let's go. The first thing we talked about was just randomly, and if you guys want to pull it and make it more uh, concise, fine. But we sat down, and at tight end, I have a guy real high that you guys have lower, and it just shows the difference in thought. And sadly enough, I will admit this, that in these podcasts, we do listen to each other. So we do take pointers and, and inspiration from one another that are our tiers do become closer. They don't become the same, and there's certain players who are totally not on the same wavelength, but it has hurt me in you, previous sir, years. You, are a fucking idiot. Exactly. <laughs> no, I wish I thought that about everything you said, all you guys, because there's times where I get sucked in, dogmatic and doing, I told you, this is my guy, and then all of a sudden, like, yeah, I like him, and then at the end of the season, like, hated that fucking guy. <laughs> he sucked. How did dog draw me into him? And we all do it. I've done it to you. The listening audience, I've done it to you guys. And uh, when, it, when it hits, it hits. And when it misses, we'll take the fall. We're that kind of uh, leader. I have my Robert Meacham. <laughs> <laughs> Meacham uh, was a good oh, one. Oh, first year with the San Diego Chargers, Robert Meacham. 
Yeah, was yeah. it then or was it last no, year? No, it was in, when he moved to the Chargers. Was it? No, I, think, I don't oh, yeah. remember which year it was, but it may have even been the last yeah, year. I think it might have been because there was something that changed. But it regardless. changed drastically. He became the number one wide receiver right. on the San nothing. Diego Chargers. And then... <laughs> all I know is I predicted an out, an outpouring, and that was an outpouring of crime. We've all done it. We've all done it. Oh, I, tears. I mortgaged my house. It was an outpouring of tears into my beers, ago. is what it was. Yes, there you go. Is that, is that why we now record podcasts in the shed? Yes, but it's it's a, it's a Snoop Doggy dog like shed. Well, you can check out our new Pyro Pro video, and you'll notice that it's not actually a shed. It's true, but we are we do need a backdrop for that, and that's a good pyro promo. We just before we started the show, we um, we did we recorded our first ever uh, video cast, which is going to be a new feature about twenty to thirty minute. This one was thirty five minutes, of course. Uh, video talking about a fantasy football subject, and we'll be sitting there on video and kind of just talking through a subject, trying to make it more quick hit than some of our long and lumbering uh, podcasts, but also at the same time. You know, giving a different type of content, a different type of feel. And it was a good one. We did um, um, touchdown dependency, went 34 minutes for our first run and on one take. I think it was pretty freaking good. We're going to upload it on Friday. Moving forward, it's going to be a part of uh, Pyro Pro, um, and it's going to be a part of the paid premium content. We are going to continue. You guys will love this. Drum roll, please. The podcast is going to remain free. You're not going to have to pay for Pyro Pro to get this show. We hope you guys will uh, that love us and listen to the show will be uh, fired up to get some of the premium content. But there you have it. That's me. Oh, hi, Dave. How you doing, Kathy? Why'd you call yourself Voltron? I don't know. Maybe because it's super badass. You're weird. Hells yeah, I am. The only thing Hells we, yeah we are. The only <laughs> thing yeah. we had to do multiple takes on was Newton's wardrobe. <laughs> he must have changed four times before we start. We hit record. Listen, I I changed once. I came down and did, like there, this one sweatshirt I have. There's crazy. Daisy's dog fur is like friggin' is like glued to it. Like what? You're gonna go into that one change after that because they gave shit to me because there was dog fur all over well, my hoodie. Part, if you can but I was kind of like Mariah Carey. I okay. will say this though for all you uh, listeners that who become watchers, you can look closely on this one too because I don't know if you knew it, Direct, but you even had my Daisy's dog dog fur uh, on your beard. <laughs> I that couldn't was look kinda, away. That was like. <laughs> Why would you not uphold it? I, I tell you guys all the time we got hanging burger, burgers. I, I well, didn't want to look super awkward grabbing your beer off, but you still got to be there. No, the best part is for anyone. I that, hate you guys. For anyone that's listening, this is why people have wardrobe. From now on, I'm gonna be like that. I'm gonna be like Ben Stiller, who's notoriously the worst, always getting. I'm gonna have wardrobe here for the 30 minute video. Anyone that's listening now, it's like find uh, where's Waldo? Find Waldo. Find the Daisy Dog hair on, on D-Rex's face and enjoy the podcast. Just so you guys know. See how long I stare at it. <laughs> That's what you were staring at? I noticed that. I'm like, Stags. Jesus. But I, I, hear, I mean, you're starting to, starting to scare the audience. But I just want to let you know that that latest bit of information is just automatically one and done. We're never recording one of those videos again. It's not a part of Pyro Pro. I need to go to my quiet place. Yes. I need to do that badly. So, so seriously, from now on, I'm not helping you guys out with boogers, iBook, Krusties, anything dribble off the side when you got a runner on first and I'm third. Gonna, I'm going to make sure that before every one of these video uh, webcasts, that I'm going to have spinach 
and poppy seed bagels. There you go. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Oh, God. I can't wait to edit this friggin' video now. <laughs> I'm going to be able to remove it. I'm going to send it. I'm going to send it to post at it. Like, ILM, we need some work here. <laughs> All right. So back to this uh, tight end that we were talking about. Owen Daniels. Signs with um, the Broncos. I've got him high. I guarantee you he won't be this high as we go. News comes out. I'm hot on him. As, you know, in two or three months, I guarantee you he'll come down to earth a little bit. But right now, with a new coach in Kubiak that used to use him in both his last places with the Texans and brought him to the Ravens, now bringing him to the Broncos, plus a Peyton Manning. We saw what he did with the Julius Thomas. Um, it's a no-brainer. I don't think he's slowed down that much. He looks like he's just, his game isn't speed. His game isn't anything. It's just he knows how to settle down in pockets and knows how to uh, work the zone. So I really like I really like an Owen Daniels right now in that signing because of situation mostly, but he's a good player. Peyton Manning, what do you got? Well, here's what I'll say. You know, and, and we were all across the board on where we had uh, Owen Daniels. I had him at number 17. So right now where I have him is sandwiched between um, – Ahead of Delaney Walker, behind Jordan Reed. What tier is that? We got to remember this. That's is tiers, my so uh, tier six. So tier six. So you know the only way that, uh, you know if you want if you were to convince me about him moving up, it would be maybe to to like a Jason Witten status up to one more tier, tier five. But my situation with him is this: you know I, I think about all the time with Peyton Manning and when all of his heyday. The tight end was never well Dallas Clark. It was Dallas Clark, but but he didn't have Dallas Clark. And Owen Daniels is like an aged Dallas Clark. And then you saw how Dallas Clark faded at the end there. It just when he wasn't being able to really break away and make plays. That's why Julius Thomas was used like Dallas Clark was, because of his ability to break away from, from uh, defenders. That's what Dallas Clark did. That's what Julius Thomas did. That's not what Owen Daniels does. Owen Daniels is more crafty. He's more he'll be creative. He's gonna get his touchdowns and stuff, but I just don't see He's a wily vet. I just don't see him putting up the type of games where, if you remember what Julius Thomas was doing, and if you remember Dallas Clark was a guy who was getting 10 catches, 100 yards in a lot of games, and he was doing a lot of yards and not even maybe getting one touchdown. He was, you know, maybe an 8 to 10 touchdown uh, a year guy. The thing is, I don't think he's going to end up the starter. I think he's going to end up the backup like he was supposed to start the season behind Pitta uh, with the Ravens. I think he'll be a tight end, too. He'll be a serviceable piece. They just re-signed uh, Virgil Green. He got a big deal, uh, $4.2 million guaranteed over the next three years, $9 million in total. But this guy finished as the top-rated run blocker in the NFL uh, for the tight end position. So this guy's are, gonna... are you in a league that's getting points for run blocking? <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. I, I, I know where he's going. And I, okay, always go. like this. I always like this. Uh, it, with the team, he's going to be on the field a lot. So like there's that. the dump offs. And the guy's a freak athlete besides that. He's got the Julius Thomas measurables. He's got the 6'5", 240, 4540 time. He's, he's a younger guy. This is the guy they prioritized over Julius Thomas when re-signing a tight end this season. So I definitely think he's going to be the guy who's going to be the tight end one. Now, he's going to be the type of flyer I take as my tight end two. As of right now, I think I've got him in tier six. Uh, and I've got Dallas Clark down or not Dallas, Dallas Clark. Clark. Yes, Dallas. Yes. Got Owen Daniels down in tier <laughs> nine. Uh, because I think he's going to be a tight end you know, four. He's going to end up a tight end. <laughs> tight end, not on my team. <laughs> yeah. 
tight end waiver wire. But, you know, that's why I'm liking a Virgil Green over, you know, the Owen Daniels. You know what I'm liking? A fresh squeezed IPA, India Pale Ale from Deschutes Brewery. Valverde! Ancestors protect me. May they protect you. Uh, all right, let's move on. I like that. Virgil Green, that's a good one to uh, keep an eye on. Excellent, ex- excellent stuff. Amen, amen. Uh, How about a guy who used to be a top five tight end every season, who we have varying degrees of opinions on, Vernon Davis. I'm, I'm the highest on him right now because I don't think he's lost that much athletically. And the things, even if he lost athletically, some things athletically, he's still probably one of the most athletic tight ends in the league. So what are you guys' thoughts on kind of Vernon? My first thoughts on Vernon are that he's just, he fell off the table completely last year. You have Colin Kaepernick, who's not proven that he can be much of a quarterback. They are really kind of not done too much with the rest of their offense. You bring in Torrey Smith, that's not, that's not like a major upgrade to me over what they had there. You have all the subtractions. Now, here's the only thing I'll give them as a benefit. You've lost, they have lost everybody, even to rookies, uh, first-year players retiring uh, off their defense. So they have no one on defense, which means that they're going to be playing from behind and they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. But even historically, Vernon Davis was never a guy that got a ton of targets. And he did all of his damage by scoring touchdowns. And I don't know if it's if it was just a matter of all things falling apart in that offense or something going on off the field that we just didn't know about. But for whatever reason, after the first week of the season, he was completely non-existent in that offense the rest of the year. So, guaranteed there's going to be a bounce back. But at this point in time, and, and especially for... I just look at him, especially if you're in a PPR format, there's no way that I, I, you could ever put him up that high. because you, With Colin Kaepernick throwing them the ball, you're going to be lucky to get five catches in a game. Yeah. I've got him, I think, here at about 28 in Tier 6. But that can change. You know, I agree. When the dust settles, uh, he can move up. i got a lot of guys that I'm taking flyers on and taking a chance that are ahead of him. Um, so he, he could nestle and move his way back in. He's, he's done it before. He's been there. I agree. I don't think his game and his skill set, his injury hasn't hurt him. I think he's kind of, I don't know if he really cares about football. I feel like that's his thing. Cor- cares more about curling. Curling? He cares more well, about curling curler and painting. He's a curler. And painting. Is he, is he a pusher or a sweeper? Ah, a little bit of both. Ah, he goes both ways. Is that, is that like a being a catcher or a pitcher? <laughs> it's a bike curler. <laughs> Well, let's talk about another position. You you have him hot. Where do you have him right now? I have him at 12. Just, if he gets anything What tier back, is that? That's uh, tier 3. Okay. Or tier 4, excuse me. If he gets anything close to where he's been previous season, if he gets any kind of luster back, you know, because his yards per carry, or his yards per catch fell off the cliff last year, uh, and you just got to think, he's going to get a little back. Uh, that number ended at 9.4 last season. His previous career low was 9.8. But other than that, he's been in the 11 or 12 range. So you got to think he's going to get a little bit back in that department. And you know, his targets are probably going to go back up a little bit. You know, no Stevie Johnson, no Brandon Lloyd, no Mike. Right, but the I'm problem is you, know. you can get targets, but Colin Kaepernick overthrows you every single time. Just because you're getting a target doesn't mean you get a chance to catch. And maybe, and maybe Kaepernick can improve in the passing game this year. It could, it could That's happen. what everybody's saying. Is his, he's he's spent a lot of time in Arizona with Kurt Warner and his new uh, 
quarterbacks well, coach. The, they're here. saying he's looking like an improved thrower and his motion looks better. I'll turn it off of Callum. I'll go back to Vernon Davis, though. He's getting older. So, speed. I watched this veterans combine. Oh, the, some of the highlights. Oh, some of the... Retire. You, you watch it's, that? No, I watched. The, they give you one hour snippets of like each each thing, and I watched. I skimmed through it. It was enough. Michael to say, Bush. Well, my career. They is said. Over. I heard all this. It's like how many people out of this whole combine are going to get signed? There's like a hundred and some odd. Hundred and five. Five players that are there. Maybe four. Probably two. So, well, if it, the NFL got another day of people watching. But what stuff. it shows you is, that, and you watch a guy like like Michael Bush was out there running, and I think he ran like a four nine two, forty. And here's a guy that ran like a four five five back when he was. So what do you think, Vernon Davis? You think he's still running a four? You know, yeah. it's like. Well, he's not running a four three eight anyways. Mike, that's but he why, might still run a four six. Right, yeah, but that's also why good. Mike Wallace is not like having like the, the, you know when he was on Pittsburgh, it was you know Big Ben was throwing in the ball, and he was five to seven yards beyond the guy that was there. Yeah. He could wait for the ball to come down and still run past him. No, that's true. Well, let's talk about another position. Let's go in and um, you know I'll just pop out a guy that I know. That I'm, uh, you know, high on, and we'll, we'll see where you guys are from there. Justin Blackman, and I'm not trying to steal your thunder. I know that's been one of your guys, but I think it'll be good for. And you know, I've been, I've been a lover of that guy since he came to the league. But uh, Blackman, I don't know what, I, I don't have the numbers next to it, but he's top of tier five, and he's sitting in about nine. He's, he's twenty he's, for you. He's twenty. He's, I was about to say top twenty. So I've got him at top twenty. I've got him ahead of Calvin Benjamin, Roddy White, and Jeremy Macklin in my fifth tier. Um, obviously he has to get reinstated. Something that I think is going to happen. The owner says he's done his time. He's done his crime. I we've well, seen his crime on. But that's the problem. They don't know. They don't know. They but, can't have any contact with him yet. And he's him and his people have not reached out. He could come back looking like looking like he could look like, yeah. job of the hut. Looking like Jamarcus Russell. <laughs> or he could be coming back looking like you know he's got, he's, he's smart enough to know. That he's gonna come back and get plays play now and come and get one contract because that guy on the football field is lethal. See, here's the thing. My my problem with him is ranking him that high again, especially not knowing where he is. So I have him at the bottom of my tier seven, uh, 41st player overall. And I have him at 40. So I'm very comparable to your kind of stance. Uh, my my feeling is on is that I I can't I don't know yet. And, and the other thing is that I know this. When we look back to even just recent vintage last year, betting on guys that were going to come back, you know, Josh Gordon, how well did that work out for everybody? You know, there's there's no guarantees on this. The only way that I would that I start him here, he's got the potential to move up, but he needs to be hopefully communicating with the team, participating in the entire training camp. Yeah. And all the preseason games. Every OTA. You know he well, will I mean, do I don't, know, I, don't know, I don't know if his thing comes out in, in, in time for May. For well, well, I mean, you've got to think. He's, he was suspended for the whole season. So, when does the season end? You know, you got to think well, there's the going to some announcement yeah. uh, on his, you know... As long as he's not MIA. And remember, he's a weed guy. He's a weed guy. So easily the, the caught league, up the, again and he can get league, busted. But that but the league has kind of taken a step back, letting Gordon come back a little bit earlier last They're kind of let their foot off the throttle a little bit. So I think he's gonna get reinstated here pretty soon. But he's also still a, a high risk player for the potential uh, to to get suspended. Even if it's a lower penalty, he's still got a potential to get suspended for more games. No doubt. That's why. He's more of a lottery ticket type guy for me right now, yeah. right at 40. Where I'd be comfortable with him as my first backup, 
Because if it doesn't pan out, you know, I'm going to pick somebody else up off the waiver wire, and I'm, my team is not hurt, you know. And I think 40 is probably a lot higher than some people are going to have. I agree. Yeah. And I know I've got him super high knowing that as news comes, I just love him. Right now, I'm thinking he's coming back. I think he's playing. I read something that the owner's like, we can't wait to have him back. He's done his time. Doesn't mean the league's not going to intervene and, and mess him up or that he's not going to slip up again or that he's been watching friggin' uh, reruns of uh, Friday Night Tykes, which, FYI, is my new favorite show. That You guys ever watch this thing? There's, yeah, it's on Esquire TV. I, I, I've seen that. And you also it's seen, good. I it's Devo. I think it's on Esquire also. Is, have you seen the one with the, with the kids that are playing golf? And the, and the I haven't there? seen that, but I see the, the promos. Yes. I've seen the promos. It's like, oh my God. His dad's like, you don't even know how to hit a ball. And this other day, it's like, you're not even trying today. Yeah, just whatever. This, the one guy goes to this girl. This girl's like literally got to be like, what, six years old? Not, not he's like, there, he's like, you're such a quitter. <laughs> I don't want to. If I cared more about golf, I'd watch it. But obviously, I care a lot about football. And I, I'm, I'm telling gonna record you, those, this shit's awesome. I'm going to record those so that when I ever, I cried in if a I ever episodes. have kids and my kids are bitching at me about stuff, I'll be like, I could be this guy. Yeah, that's it. That's a good put together. Put together. Like are you going to put a soundboard on your kids? Is that what you're saying? Oh, whenever, you know, they, oh, whenever they get into arguments, you can soundboard them. Or, 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 if, yes. <laughs> As I get older, I will tell you this. This is like Edie's child rearing. I will tell you what. I will, hey, hey, he'll be like this. On my trip to Mexico, we were we were doing like this whole like uh, adventure thing. So it was like a zip line, rappel, and this whole thing. So we were with this like this family, and the, the one daughter of the family is like freaking out because the father is just recording stuff, and he's like, he's like, come on, you better take your time. I'm gonna show this at your wedding. <laughs> How old was the kid? She was like 17. Oh my god. She's like, you won't be invited. <laughs> yeah, right. She's like, oh yeah, I do this all the time. It's like, oh it's like, my god, that is funny though. Houdini, fatherhood by Houdini, soundboard. It will happen. I got a soundbite for that. <laughs> We're at dinner, something's happening. Let's go. I'm just hit record. Every Check time, this. every time you drink Thank a beer, Jesus. <laughs> every time you drink a beer, though, you gotta be like, so good when it hits your lips. Yeah, right. <laughs> You're gonna have to play your own audio too. Let's talk about another guy who yep. me and Houdini are sort of high on. Conversely, uh, Martavis Bryant. I'm pretty much uber high on this guy. I pretty much spewed spewed all over that guy uh, during last year's combine when I saw all of his numbers and went, holy crap, and this guy's going as a fourth-round pick. Got the exact same measurables, if not better, than Sammy Watkins, and he's taller. Yeah. It was better. He had better measurables in the combine last year. Oh, yeah. Uh, And he's got that size. And he lit it up last year. What, Ben Roethlisberger had those two 600-yard games or whatever? Uh... Was it 600? Six, uh, six, six touchdown passes. Six touchdowns. Whatever. But one 500-yard game. One 500-yard game. Sorry, I'm getting merged up. But that was all Mark, That was all Bryant. Those were the huge games. Obviously, Bryant was having great games every game. But he was consistent. He was more... He wasn't lighting it, lighting it up. But in those huge moments for Bren, Big Ben, it was Bryant just taking the top off. Where, where does D-Rex... Up. Where do you have him? I mean... I've, D-Rex has him at 31. 31 in Tier 8. So I've got him low. I've got him low, but I, I got him in tier six. Move up. Mine, mine, mine's still tier six where I have him, and I got him sandwiched between above Jeremy Macklin and below Jordan Matthews. I've got him in tier five, uh, below Kelvin Benjamin and above Macklin. Uh, you know, here's what I think: the guy. What did we talk about earlier? The guy could score touchdowns. The guy does it in the red zone. The guy could take the top off the defense and score long touchdowns. You know, he's never probably going to be a great PPR guy. Not with Antonio Brown there. But, 
Who's the? Uh, he's not even the number one target on his own team. Which is so great gotta, for these young receivers. So you got to think, this guy's not going to see number one corners, and most number two corners are smaller than number one corners these days. And for a guy who's six four, with the speed, sign he me has. up. With the speed, sign he has. me up. Is Marcus Wheaton have an opportunity to eat into some of his stuff? The problem is Marcus Wheaton is still the number two. No, no, no. Here, they let, are let, giving. Let me speak to this because this is I, this is exactly where I was going. Is that they kept saying? Remember, Martavis Bryant didn't come out until it was about week six that, yeah. that they finally brought him out. Kind of the same time that when Trey Mason came on and, all, and a lot of these rookies, and he did a lot with a little because, again, this, this was misvaluations all the way along. Okay, so they're going, "Well, we don't know what kind of guy this is. Yeah, he's got great skills, this and everything, but we don't know is he really a player." Well, yeah, he showed you he's really a player. The other thing they kept saying is, and I was watching Marcus Wheaton. Because remember, we were talking about Marcus Wheaton. I was like, I don't really like Marcus Wheaton. Yeah. You know, this guy, I like this guy. And I go, I think he'll eventually be the number two. And even all the guys, when you were watching the games during the, the broadcast, were saying, Martavis Bryant's more of a project. You know, he, he's really more raw. of a... Like, he's, yeah, raw. He's a special guy. You want to know what? He's, he's been working with Antonio Brown. He's working on his game. He's got all... He, he played with another... You know, Maybe he just didn't seem so great because he played with Sammy Watkins in college. You know, you're going you're gonna to blame the guy for this? You know, this is not Alvin Harper, okay? <laughs> this is more John Taylor than Alvin Harper. I and like you got to remember, even my expectations of the guy finishing top 17 on the season, oh, yeah, I have no idea who Alvin Harper is. So, yeah, I'm going to move on from that. He finished as a top 15 <laughs> player in fantasy points per game at the position of wide receiver. 10.4, you know, in standard scoring. He was a top 15 player. Finished right at 15. Alvin Harper was one of the a great fantasy scorers when he played. He was the number two receiver on Dallas to Michael Irvin. And then he got drafted as a free agent and went to the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And that's the last we saw of Alvin Harper. Jimmy Macklin! Yeah, but he was, but he definitely was a three-time part of the dynasty. Yeah. He was... He was a big part of that. And he was a track guy from Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee. Tennessee, one of those track guys. And I think Wheaton and Watkins were both track guys from Auburn, right? Or Clemson, Clemson. sorry. Um, all right, well, that's a great one. I, I, I got one just I, by I, this conversation, he's moved up for me. And even more so, this week, Tomlin came out and said, I think we're going to have the best offense in the NFL next year. And I like it when a guy like, he's not he's not a cocksure, he's a He's a he's a sturdy, very strong-willed, great, great head coach. But he's not a talkative kind of like boisterous dude talking up them. That's not his game. So when he says that, he I believe what I'm seeing. And right I here. believe that's why I'm going to carry the conversation to stay in Pittsburgh and talk about me as a standalone guy who at number one at at running back I have Le'Veon Bell, and I know you guys have him at three and four. Yeah. I had him at one early in my tears. I did. And then I just kind of won. I mean, the reason why, I'm going to let you go. Go ahead. Shoot, hole, shoot holes with my guy, then I'll back. Let's smoke I'll, some weed in the car with Blunt. He's suspended for two games. So. It could be four. It, oh, they already announced the two games. They announced they? it. Okay. They announced it. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a two game suspension. Mm-hmm. So you got to take off that from a scoring. Could and, be 40, you know, could be 70. You, you can't count. On, you know, those 30 to 50 points, you know. And, hey, so for that game, those two games are going to be without your number one guy. And, yeah, he might still... Think about it this way. I'm just, I'm just minimizing my risk a little bit. I understand. He had 287 points last year. 
That finished him second behind DeMarco. So if you think he just has, let's say he applauds and just has low scoring games and does 20 per game. Eh, that maybe that's okay games, and he scores forty. So you're not always down. You're taking him down to two thirty. I, I, I get that, but if you also look at the fact that the offense is going to be better, like they're saying. And here's the other thing, you know, I have him ranked number one, and yeah, you know, it's one of those things. If you have the number one overall draft pick, if I'm looking at running back, and if I'm looking at the first running back, I'm going to take off the board. I'm still going to take Le'Veon Bell because you want to know what? I don't want to be the jackass because do you think he's going to wait till the third round to get drafted because of a two-game suspension? No. Someone's going to make him their number one draft pick. You literally would take him with the first overall. As the first running back off the board, I, right now I'm still taking him as the first running back off the Ballsy, board. Ballsy, man. I like it. I like your conviction. You're passionate. Well, know your league as well. My league also goes into the playoffs, and so I'm, I'm a 17-week league. I, two games doesn't make, make it. Let's not confuse leagues. our listeners. I know. <laughs> but, but it's also, even in regular league, I... I've, I've seen enough guys that have two bonehead twenty-yard games at the beginning and, and fail. Anyway, it's who's going to be the who do you have the most faith in in their offense? I have the most faith in him and his offense. I don't have it in Demarco Murray moving to a new offense. I, I don't have it in Adrian Peterson not knowing exactly where Adrian Peterson's going to be. Put that knife away. I don't Stop have it. I don't knife. have it in Jamal Charles, who who, who they may be trying to do, to do more of other things, and he may be starting to wear down a little bit. I look at Le'Veon Bell as in the exact prime where a running back is third year, fourth year, fifth year. This is money time. He There's does no, no everything. About that. He does everything. What do I know is if I can, if I can draft smart and I know that I just need to survive those first two weeks if I can go one and one, and then I bring him in, I'm golden. But the fact that remains is this: you're telling me in a leagues, most leagues where you're in a 12 team league, and they draft running backs, the seven of them go in the first round. You're telling me he's not one of the seven in the first round, so someone's wasting a first round pick on him. Well, I, I just don't want to be number one. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it's a waste. One. We love him. I agree with you. He's in my tier see, one. My whole, if you're a tier one running back, you, I love you. Well, my whole thing is I never know. We, we draft, and, and people maybe you know your positions ahead of time, but then if you have that high position, you feel like I do, then trade out of the number one if you can. You know, me, we can't because basically it's all within 30 minutes of the draft unless you can concoct a quick deal. But my feeling is this. It's again, he's going to be a first-round pick regardless. I'm going to be kicking myself in the ass if I just passed on him, me personally. Yeah, no. Because of a two-game suspension. Who's the, who's and then the watching him all year going, well, I could have had him when he's ripping off in weeks 6 through 11, win after win after win for, for, for whoever owns it. I personally looked at, have to look at his game logs and see how he did it last year. Obviously, he scored a lot of points. 100, yard, or 100 scrimmage yards and 13 of his 16 games and uh, touchdowns and... You know, pretty much had one touchdown a game at some points uh, towards the end of the season. Uh, at the beginning of the season, he wasn't. Which really is great. what I want. I one want consistency. One of the reasons his his competition is D'Angelo Williams. Yeah, that, that works. But Trey Archer's about <laughs> to get five to eight touches in this offense next season. Which hopefully, which I think helps out, Levy. And when he takes one hit from a linebacker, like he did from who was it? I, I can't. I'll never forget. Isn't Trey Archer? It, didn't I see him in uh, Friday Night Tights the other night when I had that team? I can't remember if it was them playing against the uh, the Baltimore. Baltimore. I think it was Baltimore. And Terrell Suggs threw off his defender. And, and Dre Archer was coming yeah, around, and he just like dove in, and, and Dre was down. It was, it it was, was like, like, like I'm play. done. It was like that play with Clowney against Michigan. Oh, um, great. Well, here let's round out just just for shits and giggles. Okay. What's your tier one? You got Le'Veon yep. one. Le'Veon. Tell us how your tier one looks for at that position. Adrian Peterson two, Demarco three, Jamal four. Jamal four. Give me give me your tier two. Tier two is Matt Forte and Marshawn Lynch. 
Okay. Let's talk, let's let's look at here. Let's, let's for a couple instances we'll go and deep into this. What do you tier what? one? I've got Adrian Peterson and Demarco Murray. That's it. Okay. Tier two: Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell. Well, so you go deep. Go to your third, please. And three, I've got Forte, Eddie Lacy, and Arian Foster. All right. So three. That's cool. Three tiers. Uh, you got you got seven guys. So seven guys, three tiers. You're at two tiers, and you're at six guys. Correct. Uh, so my tier one is, and we're just kind of showing this to just show you there ain't no right. However, you want to work your tiers and construct those and, and group in, these guys together uh, is is right for you. Do what do you. Um, I got tier one is Adrian Peterson, Matt Forte, and Le'Veon Bell. So I got those three in tier one. My tier two is kind of enough. It's a bigger group of guys. I feel like. I feel like any of these guys, honestly, I would be quite happy with collectively. I don't. This is a, this is a one of the few instances where I've had a tier this high in running back where there hasn't been guys jumping off the page. So uh, Jamal Charles, Eddie Lacy, Demarco Murray, and this could change. Arian Foster, especially mostly because of his strength of schedule. Uh, Lashawn uh, or Marshawn Lynch and Lashawn McCoy. So I've got six running backs in my tier two. That I like all. Obviously, I like Charles the most. Then I like Lacey. I, I, I want. How many are in your tier one? I have three. three. And, and to be honest, even looking at this, I can almost tell you that I could probably, after Arian Foster, probably go to tier three because even looking at Marshawn Lynch and McCoy, I do kind of feel like they're a drop off from from Foster. On my next round of tiers, I could easily see that happening where I create two tiers out of that. But right now, the way I'm thinking, it, if I'm sitting there in the, in the second round and not any of those guys or late first round, eh, I think most of these guys will be around second round, but uh, or late first round, I feel happy with any. I feel happy with any of these dudes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I think for next season of running backs. I think any of the top 12 or so guys could finish number one at the position. Let me just let me just list these for people sure. off for you. Adrian Peterson, DeMarco Murray, done it before. Jamal Charles, done it before. Le'Veon Bell, pretty much did it last year. Matt Forte, always top two or three for the last couple of years. Eddie Lacy, you know, two top ten finishes. Uh, you know, working in more in the pass game. Arian Foster, done it before. LaShawn McCoy, done it before. Marshawn Lynch, uh, top five guy. Jeremy Hill. He's got a potential to do a little more. And C.J. Anderson, who's got, you know, 1,200 yard and double-digit touchdown potential. So, I'm sort of backing off, you know, the reason I only have four guys in my top two tiers is because I'm almost leaning towards taking a wide receiver, depending on my pick. I'm almost, in that, oh, or, or the other way you could go, I thought you were going to say, is after those four guys... I'm staying away from running back for the first, you know, few rounds. So maybe if you got the top four pick, you'll take one of those four guys. But I, okay, I see what you're saying. But there's, and, you and, go and both here's, here's, here's the other fact too, like Dogmatica does. I don't have Le'Veon Bell alone in tier one. I have a four tier players in tier one, and then the same thing for me. Like I feel pretty much good through. I feel good through ten, solid. You know, through 10, and it's a lot of the same guys that you have in there. But then when I get to the second half, then I'm into guys that are, like, more taking a, a risk on. So let me just kind of just kind of give an idea here. So my my tier after the uh, Matt Forte and Marshawn Lynch, who I have in their own tier, because, again, I think that this is 
Those guys are just a, a step above the Eddie Lacy, my next two, Eddie Lacy, Jeremy Hill, LaShawn McCoy, Arian Foster, but below the DeMarco and the Jamal. I, I feel it's like there's just that little slide in there. But then, for me, when I, when I was ranking the next tier, I have C.J. Anderson, and I have one of the guys that I'm higher than you guys are, Mark Ingram, who they've gotten rid of all the options there in, in, in New Orleans. They've added to their offensive line. I think that that line's getting stronger. I think that they re-signed him. They are committed to pretty much going to Dude, more of a running game. They drafted a, a, a top 12. They, they, they just signed a top 12 running back. Who did they just sign? Spiller. Oh, he... Yeah, but... Spiller to me is not the guy that again. Here's what Spiller, here's, I agree with you. No, I, had, I loved I loved him. Spiller, that Spiller don't think it, me. it doesn't do anything for what Mark Ingram's role is. He's taking over the Pierre Thomas, the Darren Sproles. He's taking over that type of role in the offense. He's going to be asked to do more as a receiver than as a running back. And what the thing that Ingram's going to do is he's going to score a shit ton of touchdowns this year. Jimmy Graham's not there anymore. When they're in the red zone, this is one of those things where I can see Mark Ingram. Being a twelve to fifteen touchdown rushing touchdown guy, not gonna, he ain't going to get you any 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 yards in the receiving. He's not a receiver, but I, I look at so him and C.J. Anderson. I have in that in that because these are touchdown guys. Then in my next tier, tier five, I have my somewhat. You have a two two testers and one who I just think slots right into that spot. Latavius Murray, Justin Forsett, Trey Mason. So Justin Forsett is more of that known commodity type of guy, but then there's two risk guys there that I like as, you know, real upstart guys, but they're definitely not the same level as going to get all the necessarily the touches and have the ability to take the, the, the beating on a, on a weekly basis. We, we haven't seen it. Trey Mason's a smaller guy. Even though he's big, he's still small. Now, one question big I got small. I big, small in size, stature, big and uh, not, not a huge weight guy, but big enough, but... No, but it, it makes sense, and I love Ingram. I just uh, if 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 in certain games when Spiller's hitting hot and he's running good, they, you got to feed the beast. And um, so I'm, that's I'm gonna look up CJ Spiller's to see how much he's been hitting Pedro as of late. It, as of late, not really, but two years ago, you know, three years ago, he, he hit almost 1,300 yards. So well, that was yeah, but that was that was years ago. So. All right, that's, that's just, that's he's not opinion. an old guy. But hey, I'm not. I'm, I'm not discounting. I'm, I like Ingram. I, I really do. I've got um, one thing I know from my a review and our tears audit from last year is the fact that running back. I did really good on every position, but just absolutely dropped a dode on my own head for uh, the running back position. I was really that was really really bad. My wide receivers were good, tight ends were good, quarterbacks were pretty good, but running backs rough. So what I need to do is follow suit and look at what you guys are doing. And in all honesty, I'm going to do that because what I do, I take I swing for the fences. You know, I got like a Devonta Freeman up really high. I take I take this the. the Overall top ceiling of certain players at running back, hoping they'll hit. And then what you see is a lot of times you've got to get that steadiness. You've got to get a guy that that, that is isn't doesn't need to be all big boost out breakout games. Here's what? your CJ Spiller. So not last year, the year before, he had four hundred yard rushing games. Last year, his high yard rushing game was sixty-nine yards, and he topped fifty yards only one, two, three, four times. He only played in seven, nine games. 
He's got an injury risk, but if he's using that receiver role, you gotta think he's gonna have some value. Right, but I just don't see him being, you know, when he was getting his 100 yard games, it was on 19 carries, 15 carries, well, he did on 12 carries one time, 16. He's not going to get double-digit carries in this offense. He's going to get... What's up with Gary Robinson and Cadet right now? Cadet was... Actually, Cadet signed with the New England Patriots. Cadet did, okay. Uh, but Gary uh, Robinson's pretty much been told that he's going to be the change of pace back. And that's it. Uh, the change of base for first and second down back. Uh, C.J. Spiller's been told he's going to be the third down back. Even though C.J. Spiller got more money... Than uh, Mark Ingram, by the way. Which did he? Yes, he did. <laughs> well, he's wow. done more in the league. Did and he really? Yes, he got more money. season, but not total. Uh, guaranteed money. The only wow. money that matters. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> the That's only hard. money that matters. That's Let's be honest here. But, uh... Yeah, Ingram hasn't stayed on the field that much either. So. He might be a, play a lot of wide receivers. C.J. Spiller could be a guy who, when you're looking to draft later, you know, great. Especially in PPR leagues. You know... He's betting on the other side of the committee. He's going to be a great guy to go for that. Um, I agree. But I, I have, I'm sort of high on Ingram. I have him at 17. He finished last season at 14, but his what touchdown dependency was pretty much through the roof. Uh, but looks but, better running the ball than he ever had in his life. Absolutely. And and the whole thing that, that, that I mean. Losing Jimmy Graham and taking that out of the offense, another year older on Marcus Colson, you jettisoned Kenny Stills. You basically left yourself with Nick Toon and Brandon Cooks. But why about, wouldn't I? Why we're, wouldn't we're not even mentioning Pierre Thomas. Pierre Thomas, last year we had probably ranked higher than, than Ingram, and he's no longer there. Also, here's one thing. One of my points. You're backing me up. Here's the main, hey, we're on the same team here. Here's, <laughs> here's the major factor, boys. They said we want to win games. By scoring less points. We want to give Drew Br- This is exact words from Sean Payton. We want to take off five uh, passing attempts from Drew Brees a game. Mm-hmm. So 80 passes a season. You know, those are going to go to the Mark Ingrams and C.J. Spillers. And that's just the facts. You know, <laughs> I'm not changing the offense. Don't be there's, mad at me. They're, they're stagnant. Just the facts, man. And, no, there's dragnet and there's stagnet. Nah. I know what you're doing, Frank. You're trying to make me lose my temper, but it's not going to happen. I'm afraid cooler heads have prevailed. You're the devil! <laughs> How about a guy who I think is an upstart? I'm huge, huge, huge on the bandwagon. Uh, you know, I guess I'm riding dogs' coattails on uh, Isaiah Crowell. I've got him up. Good crow. I've got him up top 12. You know, because I think he's got that thousand yard season and you know he's gonna be the goal line back, so he looks like you know a ten touchdown performer. Uh, I think he had eight last season or something, seven or eight. Uh, so let's see. Isaiah Crowell, you're not on board. No, I mean I'm not on board with that team. But those, again, that, that can change and that can uh they're mature. Gonna give, they're gonna hand the ball off, right? I agree. I gotta see what I really want to see what they do in the draft. And right now, that team, the whole deal, just kind of scares me a little bit. So I'm, the I'm only like, thing they have is an offensive line and a running game. So. But uh, Terrence West, you, you, I've got Terrence West higher than Crowell. I'm pretty no, I've got him lower. But Terrence West, that's a guy that's going to do a lot of eating in. If they really do a, a traditional running back by committee, 
if they're running the whole time, it doesn't matter. But if they're not, it's it's a it's a, it's a t- coin toss on which guy. Remember last year, it was like a revolving door. It was even when Crowell had great games, even when they both had great games. The next week, it, it was just hit or miss. You just didn't know which guy was going to get the get the go. Who's the safer one? The one that scores touchdowns, right? Yeah, and Isaiah Crowell, right? Crowell, but also. Was Crowell a rookie last year? They both were. They both were rookies. Both were. Um, I I'm gonna keep my eye on the Browns right yeah, now. Keep... Right now, they're one of those teams that I've learned to stay away from certain teams. Yeah, I'm stay not away saying from them it's right, right but right now, until I see what's going on with their quarterback, what they do in the draft, you know, they, there still could be a lot of moves to be made. And therein, um, they've got a couple first rounders, right? Yes. So, you know, maybe they're going to start moving that for some I, other I'm, kind of guys. I was kind of high on him, too. He's, he's number 16 for me. So, he's got crazy skills. Mm-hmm. So, um, and they don't have much there. That's, that's, that's They've got an offensive line, and they got a couple running backs. And they want to run the ball, so. No, I agree. But one thing, let's, let's, not, let's not underestimate. Terrence West has got some friggin' skills. He looks, you know, he's a guy. I have that, Terrence West at number twenty-six, only ten spots behind him. Is that the two two highest running backs on, from one team? That might be the or, or closest. Uh, it is or, or closest together because, yeah, I mean, I've got him at twelve and twenty-eight. It is for me. I actually have no. Spiller, I got, I got, I got, I got and Ingram higher. I got I got Jeremy Hill and uh, Ger- and Gio Bernard. Me too. Me too. That that's that's my favorite running back combo. Oh, just because of how their skills, you know, and in Hugh Jackson's offense. And they yeah, they run the shit out of the ball fifty five percent of the time. Houdini, did you color code the square for uh for uh Jeremy Hill in pink? Sure, for, why not? For, for your for your love and adoration for him? It's red for my amour, my love. <laughs> my amour, my amour heel. Um all right, cool. Well that was good. We 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 dove a little deeper into the running backs a little bit, not saying we won't come back and talk about uh, you know, some tiers and, and rankings for those guys, but let's look at the quarterback position. Um you know, for me, I think it's Tom a, Brady. Where do you, you got? Do I have him a lot higher than you guys? Nope, you got him lowest of all. Good. Yes. Yeah. Don't just sniff his jock when you guys are around, but might when you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you drink some of that rap juice? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like Greg Olson at the University of Miami today. Okay. Let's party. Let's do it. Do you see it got Tom Brady partying with Giselle and the kids on horseback in Costa Rica? No, because you're not Jack Snippers of Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, think. I don't really know how to respond to that. I, I want it for myself, so you guys stop watching. Stay away, as you have been. Okay. I've got him at four. Houdini's got him at five. You've got him at eight. Here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking the stuff he did with Gronk on the field last season, you're getting Gronk for a full season, a full year off an ACL, you know. I'm all on the Gronk and Tom Brady show. Like, especially with all these other quarterbacks who were, you know, the Drew Brees is falling back in line a little bit, back towards the norm, and Peyton Manning falling back towards the norm. Peyton Man or Tom Brady just seems to kind of get pushed up a little bit. Get pushed up a little bit, and you're looking for a guy who, you know, ha- has had an up and down finish. What top twelve two years ago, and then finished, you know, about what the same last year after not playing in that week sixteen, week seventeen game. Uh, he finished um, so eighth. Eighth. 
Yeah. So he's definitely trending back up. And he ninth. was horrible. He, he finished was, ninth. And he was horrible the first yeah. four or five, 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 five weeks. Think about that. He, he he finished ninth, and he finished with 278 points, which is you know one point behind Tannehill, three points behind Matt Ryan in that tier three of finishing uh, for quarterbacks. And like you said. First four, five games, he's getting dropped. I picked him up. I picked him so up for a second round draft pick in the dynasty league. If he, was, if he played serviceably, thank you. If he played serviceably in those first four or five weeks, he's right up there with the elite at the very top. So let me let me let me piggyback on this also because you also have Brandon LaFell, who's in his second year on the offense. You're not piggybacking on Tom's back though, right? I am. You're on. You're on. You're on, on uh, his Dallas okay. Tag's back. I, not, I, you I, have, I, Tom, okay you do you're all over Tom's back. Okay. Hey, you, yeah, listen. You're, you're plugged I, in. Don't want to get jealous. <laughs> you're plugged in. Maybe he's piggybacking me. He's piggybacking on Tom. I don't know. <laughs> right, I don't want to be part of this piggyback this anymore. This but all I'm saying is this. You Sounds look at what delicious. he's got going on. You have Gronkowski, who's finally going to be 100% healthy. No more questions coming into the season with him. You know what he can do. Oh, by the way, they added another tight end to also be a great goal line area guy there. You know who that is? Scott Chandler. That's right. Six foot seven, Scott Chandler. And Tim Wright, who scored how many last year? Right. So you have, you have a plethora of weapons for him. Not only that... You, you add to that, like you, you look what he did. We, we talked about Edelman as being a guy that we thought was going to be a guy that's going to go up in our um, touchdown dependency video webcast video yep. that we did. So there's a guy. You also have Danny Amendola, who's still on the roster, who played, look played what, better his last three games. Yeah, look what he did in those playoffs. Two seasons. It was ridiculous. So, you know. You, LaFell? That, that's why I said him already. So I look at all these pieces and I say, look also at. Shane Vereen has now gone out of the running game, which was part of the passing game. But the only thing they have left there is LeGarrette Blunt. And you know what? They don't really have anybody else to throw the ball out of the backfield to. So that means that Tom Brady, he's going to be passing a lot. You know, they do like to run Tavares the ball. Tavares Cadet all day, son. Tavares right, well, Cadet all day. Well, he'll, he'll, be, he'll be decent, but at the same time, he's not going to be that red zone all guy. Day. He's not going to be that red zone guy that, that, that Shane Vereen was for him, where it was like the over-the-shoulder catches and stuff and the fades to the end zone. Cadet doesn't do that. Cadet needs to get the ball in space and move with it. I like it. it it's 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 very very. Uh, it makes sense, and I think a lot of pressure is going to be off the team and the offense in general because they're coming off a championship. It's kind of like if I think Tom Brady's pressure is going to be a lot less on himself than he, for the rest of his career because he's like fuck it. I just kicked. I I, I got that last one. You know. It's, uh, so I I completely agree. I think why not. You who shitheads, I just found a bag of fireworks in the men's restroom. Would you guys like to light them off? Why, yes, I would. <laughs> is that uh is that the is that that's, what that's 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 your that's that's Danny McBride. Oh, I love that yeah. guy. He's bowing him down. What, what, tell us about the movie. Hot Rod. Hot Rod. This is was the movie. Andy Samberg's movie Hot Rod. I have to tell you that when I first saw it, I'm like, this is kind of stupid movie. It's one of these movies that you just watch over and over again, and, and I enjoy it more and more each time because it's so stupid. So, so stupid that the layers of stupidity are amazingly find a new awesome. layer of, yeah. uh, every, every, every time you watch it. All I can say is cool beans. So, cool beans? Cool beans. 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 Cool cool beans. Beans. Cool beans. Cool cool beans. Beans. Cool beans. Cool cool beans. Beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. Cool cool beans. Beans. Cool 
So, cool beans? Yeah. Cool beans. Good. <laughs> so, I usually like my beans hot. I like them black. Not cool. I like my Valverde. All right, boys. Prepare to be dazzled. Nice. Bring it on. You usually do like your Valverde's black. Like in dark black Imperials. Imperial Stouts, I know. Well, is, I'm on... Is, uh, you're going light. Well, while we don't have Stag Party doing Valverde's, I figure I can't do those because I can only drink like four of those at a, at a podcast. So I got to go and I got to bring the Valverde's back. So yeah. I got to bring the IPA back. You get, we so I bring back a double IPA to bring it, bring it down. Is that a double IPA? It's an extra IPA. Extra IPA. All right. I like yeah, it. Don't exaggerate. I'm well, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> he's, he's covering up for you, he just said. He's blaming He's blaming your after-podcast workout. It's only got 65 IBUs, you know? I mean, come on. I, I wish I even... I, I drink this stuff like crazy. I don't even know what IBUs mean. Um, but it's let's like talk about another thing. of beers. Let's talk about another thing. How tasty my beer is. This is a tasty yeah. beer as well. I, let's I, talk about Drew Brees. You know, if Tom Brady's moving up, have a sip of it. who's the guy that he's replacing? And that's most likely a Drew Brees. We already sort of talked about how he's moving down, you know, with five attempts a game and no more Jimmy Graham and no more, you know, Kenny Stills and Brandon Cooks is the only uh, guy who works hard, apparently, and Marcus Colson's still there taking pay cuts. But he's the guy who's moving down, <laughs> so Tom Brady's moving up. And talking about this, you were the Tom Brady guy, Jock Sniffer. I was always the Drew Brees Jock Sniffer. I got hit lower than both of you guys. Wow. Times they are changing. How about it? I mean, I'm tempering my expectations. I just don't expect... I I think it could have like a Tony Romo-like efficiency resurgence, you know, where he throws for maybe 30 touchdowns, but only throws nine picks, cuts his picks in half or something. So he's throwing for a better YPA, and he's doing all that kind of stuff to increase his efficiency. You know, much like the Tony Romo yesteryear. Which is actually the correct use of the word yesteryear. Congratulations. <laughs> good. Well done. Uh, hi, hi, hyperbole? Yeah. Hyper- <laughs> hey, he, does, he just doesn't work, use the word anymore. Hyperbole. Hyperbole. <laughs> we, all have, we all have our words. But yeah, but I want to right. say this too because we all have different... We're similar and different in our top ten of, of quarterbacks. I kind of want to go through just so everyone right. can hear where we're at with our top tens, but... To, to, to jump on the on the Drew Brees thing before we get there is, I just look at all the weapons that he's lost, and it's like the big thing that always made Drew Brees such an in, enticing draft pick in fantasy was the, was the near guarantee of 5,000 yards. And now I'm looking at it this year, there's no 5,000 yards this year, not with everyone other than... And they don't want it. Right. But he did no, 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 no. Then there's, okay, well, can I deal with 4,600 yards? I'm not going to get that. I really think he's going to be about 41, 4,200 yards. Now at 41, 4,200 yards, well, he's also been a 46 to 42 touchdown guy. Well, I think that's going to come down. He is now falling into those realms of 41, 4,200 yards, 32, maybe 35 passing touchdowns if I'm lucky. But one, I think in a lot of seasons until the last three with Jimmy Graham, but even look at Jimmy Graham, and it doesn't seem like touchdowns maybe, but... I still thought his stats were a little underwhelming on where we projected them going into the season. He's done so, a lot of those 5,000 yards. I think he's lost with a lack too. of with I a think, lack of time. I think he's no, lost. No question time. about that. Yeah. There's no question about that. His arm and his game did not look. But the that's same. also part and parcel why I have why I have Mark Ingram 
as high as I do. Absolutely. I'm not believing in the passing game of this team anymore. Now, on the flip side, he's been he's been over the last two or three seasons moving up into that top five pick, top eight pick. So now, are a lot of people on your uh, kind of thought process here? And now, is he a late second round, third round pick because quarterbacks are deep? <laughs> if that's the case. Then there's some, there's a lot he's of value. He's deeper than there. that to me. He's a fourth, fifth round pick to me right now. Well, so, you're, if you get him there, yeah, I think, well, because, I think look, he's there. But I think even if he is, here, there's, he's my there's he's my number he's him. my number eight. So at eight, you are a fourth or fifth round pick as the eighth quarterback off the board. Well, I here's, think you'd be happy to have him in the. Fourth so here's round. my here's my quarterbacks. Tier one, I go Aaron Rodgers, then Andrew Luck, and I'm also an Andrew Luck jock sniffer. But I'll take history over over. I may change my mind when I see what ha- what happens with Andre Johnson and Frank Gore on that team. Uh, tier two, and, I, and after our conversation about Peyton Manning, I may be dropping him down my tiers. But he's currently the top of tier two, followed by Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, and Ben Roethlisberger. Who I'm finally just believing that you and know what they they do it. Tier three, Eli Manning at the top of tier three at number seven, followed by Breeze, Cam Newton, Matt Ryan. It's good. All right, uh, what do you got? Yeah, what do you got, Stags? Top ten. Tier one, Aaron Rodgers. Andrew Luck. <laughs> Tier two, we got uh, Peyton Man, we got Tom Brady. Tier three, we got Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Now, question, did you put Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in there just because of their age together, that they're in the same tier, or? Because I think they're... Comparable talents with comparable. So that was just those two in that tier. Yes. yes. Okay. The then go, on, go to tier three. Sorry. And use the third. Anything else, guys? Voice. No. Anything else? No, we're good. no. I was just asking. You said it so fast. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. Pit man, top right. Tier three: Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Tier four is Matt Ryan, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Tony Romo, Philip Rivers, who you guys are haters of, but and he's Matthew not, Stafford. But he's not in your top ten, though, right? He's 11. 11. So he's off the line of demarcation. Top 10 for you. Top t- Tier 1 is Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. Tier 2, Russell Wilson, Eli Manning. I'm high as hell on him uh, for obvious reasons. Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. Uh, that's, those four are in Tier 2. Tier 3 is Matt Ryan, Tom Brady, Tony Romo, Cam Newton. Then I'll go to 4. Oh, you're high on Romo. I, you know, I like Romo. Oh, I, I mean, yeah, I like Romo. I, I, well, I have Romo. He's my number twelve. So I like Romo. I I, I like Romo more if Adrian Peterson comes. Oh, but I like Romo if Adrian Peterson doesn't I come. I think if Adrian Peterson doesn't come, he'll have more games that win you weeks. If Adrian Peterson comes, I think he's more consistent throughout the entire yeah. season. I agree Much with that. Much like last I, year. I agree yeah, with that wholeheartedly. Right, right. Agree with that wholeheartedly. So, uh, then in the next tier, uh, tier number four, I've got Roethlisberger, Tannehill, Stafford, and Cutler. So, you have Roethlisberger as your number one. You're down on Roethlisberger. You have him as your number 11. And I'm not down on and him. You have For him me, as that's higher than I've ever been. So, again, so it's like, here's the whole thing. It's so, higher than I've ever been on him. So I guess it makes me, sense. See, these are things, that at least as you look at our tiers the, the, and the differences in our tiers, I'm higher on Roethlisberger. I'm higher on Le'Veon Bell. I'm believing I'm higher on Martavis Bryant. You're in on, I'm, you're I'm in in on, on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. I'm in on Pittsburgh. So, and, and this is what you'll find, too. And this is also sometimes where it's like, as you do your own tiers, or as you're looking at all of, or as you investigate our tiers, You'll find out who the, the teams that were necessarily hot on or something like that, but you'll also recognize maybe when you do your own, maybe I'm too high on a certain team or something like that. And then all you need to then do is 
as we mentioned in our uh, in our also in the webcast video, we have so many different spokes of what makes up how you come up with these tiers. Whether it's touchdown dependency, whether it's targets, touches, and looks, whether it's straight the schedule, whether it's uh, you know all of these things together. So this is just another component of it. Perfect segue for that, and the reason why I am down on Roethlisberger. Yeah, the hardest schedule for a quarterback strength the schedule Pittsburgh. this year, Pittsburgh Steelers. They've got a tough one. That now that doesn't mean I'm down on. I'm totally up on the Steelers offense, but at quarterback, Roethlisberger has the hardest. As of now, things with this SOS will change after the draft, and some of the, and the free agency is totally complete. Uh, but right now, he's got a tough, tough schedule. So I could here's a reason. Thing, right. There's a reason why some of those huge games were happening, and it might be harder for him to recreate that. Doesn't True. mean it doesn't happen. But so. it's also then they also you have to bank, bank on this. This is also a lot of young skill players on this team that are getting more mature, learning the offense, getting better. And at the same time, too, where I'll also give Ben. The extra, you know, because I've doubted I've doubt this guy his entire career. I've yeah. been a guy, I've never owned him in a fantasy league. How long has he been in the league? I've never, I've been how many leagues every year? I've never owned him. Yeah, that's a lot. I've finally, but I've owned Pittsburgh players. I've owned yeah. wide receivers. I've owned Antonio Brown. I've owned, you know, Mike Wallace early when he was a Steeler. I've, I've, I've owned Plexico Burris. I've, I've been all over the board with these guys. Uh, uh, who was the, 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 Willie Parker. I had Willie Parker. And so it's like, I've been there, but I just never had him. And I, but the thing about Roethlisberger, what he does, and what's amazing is every year you may count him out or whatever. You're guaranteed he's going to throw a 400-yard game because his ability to just stand in the pocket and have guys just shake him off yeah. and give his receivers an extra second, yeah. it's ridiculous. Him and Brady are the best at that. Uh, he's the best at the, with the big body and Taking the hit, taking the hit. Bodies yeah. are bouncing off him, but I want to know. But oh, he's got his, he's got his. When that's happening, he's got that he's sixth looking sense. 60 he's yards looking down, down the field and being like, this. <laughs> "All right, I feel like there's someone coming up." Boom, boom. Do you and Brady's wonder what the same way, where it's just like they're always looking down the field for the next play. It's like that perfect point guard that just can make the pass. You're not dribbling. You're not looking Steve down. Nash in the heyday. But I, oh, I want the stat. I want the stat. How many yards has he? How many yards? Nash. I just this is like I had I had a Nash conversation with my buddy Siegel last week, and then he, Why would and then he, had, then he had a Nash conversation with someone at work, and then he forwarded me an article about Steve Nash. I mean, Steve Nash has been like all over my world lately because he's a legit stud. He's a Hall of Famer that shouldn't have been Canadian, eh? Um, so Backstreet Boy, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that haircut? Oh my god! Him and, him and Dirk are like. <laughs> like, oh, Frosted tips gone bad. Hey, give me your NBA. Did you hear that it's Dirk sick. is uh, one of these rare guys now? He had over 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds. Uh, Dirk's been one of the rare a guys thousand, since a thousand, a thousand three pointers, uh, over right, 5,000 right. assists, something, whatever. It's like he's there's, one of the there's numbered stat categories in, that, that he that he is better than anyone. He is one of the knights of the round table now of the NBA, as far oh, as yeah. like. Like the, and he's also one of the uh, like only eight or eight or ten players that have had twenty seven thousand points and ten rebounds. Ten thousand rebounds. Ten thousand yeah, rebounds. Yeah. He, no, he's he's friggin' a, just a beast. Tim Duncan doesn't even have twenty seven thousand points and ten rebounds. Yet. I think Dirk now is, is, is. I think by the end of the season he'll be top ten NBA scorer of all time. He's been moving through players this year. Moving past him. Guys like Moses Malone. Crazy. Yeah, no, he's the stud. The best. Dirk, the Germinator. So the stand I want for for Roethlisberger, I wonder how many yards has he completed after a guy has hit him? Not touched him. Hit him. Because 
in, in some games, it's probably got to be like 200 yards in that game. After a guy had a sack, didn't get it, and then he completes a pass. Well, one thing that's good to know is that uh, Roethlisberger, he, the way he plays the game on the field, uh, also works in his love life at the bars as well. <laughs> and in the bathroom. How many times did he get hit by that girl <laughs> the boy, and still, still stand up to make the play? <laughs> Completion made. Uh, there should have been a lot of tacklers. Oh my God! It's almost Dude, like are we including the bodyguards. I, 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 I'll make a reference that Stag will have no 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 knowledge of. Do you remember the Woody Allen movie Bananas? Yeah, of course. So the the part where he's making love in bed and Howard Cosell is there uh, yeah, calling yeah, the play yeah, by yeah, play yeah, bed. Well, Mellon moves in and <laughs> look, <laughs> it's over. It's all over. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Last quick reference while we're at it. Darian Sharper. We're not going to make. We're not going to. Talking jest here, getting nine years. I think all uh, signs point to getting a lot more. Uh, that was just I think one. It's up to instance. twenty now. He, it already oh, is. Yeah, totally. He, nine years would be an offense to everyone that that he. This got the jitsu said so. He's like, I got three daughters. If it's nine years, I, and he was a yeah. teammate, he was a champion with him. Is this nine years? That's, that's too short. That's way too. And short. I agree. He needs. He needs to be like. He can't be coming out until he's like eighty years old at the earliest. Like forget you, you're done. Your life, you you don't deserve a life anymore. Yeah, you're making you're making you're making it harder for guys like us to get laid, buddy. You're just a handsome dude. Why yeah. does that guy need to us drug media, anybody? Us media guys can't get any pussy anymore. He's on NFL. <laughs> us media yeah. guys can't it's get any pussy anymore. It's God true. Damn it. God damn it. <laughs> How about let's talk about Eli. Hang on, hang on. You're gonna get yourself killed. Well, I'd rather die than live in a world where I can't kick your ass. Yes. Uh, you know one thing, the last thing I'll say thing about Sharpers, 13 months he's already been in jail. That was that was January of last year. How fast year has gone by. That right? he was incarcerated. Is that what you're trying to say? How fast time just, flies? Yeah, how time <laughs> flies, but, you know, it's just like I didn't realize it seemed a little more recent and fresh than that, so whatever. I uh, wish you the best, Sharper, in jail, but, um, uh, you know. I wish you so you're much a cock, better, You're a cock knocker. Uh, all right, let's talk about some other stuff here. Eli Manning. Well, this is our. This is Why our. Why so high? I'm high on him too, though. Why? O D B. Look what Shane he did at the end of Larry Donald, another year came out, comes out of Victor nowhere. Victor Cruz, healthy. Victor Cruz back. Ruben Randall. Are you sure about you? the Victor Cruz thing? Why? Word is today he might not be ready for work week one, guys. I mean, the torpedoer tendon. Uh, apparently, it takes longer to rehab than ACLs. So we've got to temper our expectations on Victor Cruz for a little bit because word is he could end up on the pup list uh, and miss the first six weeks of the season. So well, that'll I hate your information. God damn you. <laughs> God damn you, Newswire. Here, here's my thing with the I, did not this. I would love him as my first backup. I don't know if I'm comfortable with him as a starter. Personally. Well, no. If I, if I have this news, this is... I, he, this, is, not, this is stuff he, that he moves down a little bit, but I'm happy with him as my starter. That's also another if category. I, if I play the, the waiting game, coming off an injury, that's another category on our on our minutia tiers. Uh, definitely, but even you know, in the last four games of the season, uh, adding in you know the last three, yeah, insane. But the last four, he only averaged like 20 fantasy points a game. Uh, so here's 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 what I look at with Eli Manning. Okay, so. You're looking at at, uh, at at the situation of it's going to be Rashad Jennings. That's going to be 
Maybe. Maybe, right? Well, it's going to be a little Rashad Jennings. Who, they want to temper his workload. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a little Andre Williams, and it's going to be a little Shane Vereen. So this is like full running back by committee right now. Right. Now, Eli had been a guy that's fallen off the table. So now, again, this is projecting a lot on Eli. And he did. You're right. From week 11, uh, or his 11th game, I can't tell when they had the bye. Um, so we'll go to week 12. Week 12 through week 17, he had uh, three games where he threw only one touchdown in each game. And then he had three games where he threw three touchdowns in each game. He had um, three games that were over 300 yards and three games that were under 300 yards. Mm-hmm. So it was a tale of two Eli's, right? But the thing is, it was also with a younger receiving core. Now you also saw what Odell Beckham brings. I, I look at the, you know, Andre Williams as being one of the main threats in the running game. They don't have a strong running game. So Eli's going to have to do it. And, and if they're smart, they're, you know, back to the Eli who said that he was going to, you know, ridiculous for remember, I'm going to complete 70% of my passes. He completed 63% of his passes, which was a 6% increase over the year before. And his career high. Right. Who has a career average of 59%. Imagine that as a man. But remember one thing. New system last year. First time since he had been a rookie that he had been put in a situation where he had to relearn a totally new system. Finally, and that's why he sucked balls at the beginning, finally got it going, pulled it together. ODB comes back. Now he knows the system a bit better. I think he goes in guns firing this year. And in the system, he threw for 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns. The last time he threw for 4,000 more or more yards was his breakout year of uh, 2011, where he threw for 4,933. But it was 2010, the last time he threw for 30 touchdowns. So you look at those two numbers right there. He had career highs in what he hadn't done since 2011 and 2010. That's a Super Bowl year, and that was a, a great year as far as passing yards. When we had the breakout of the 5,000-yard of the passers. And remember, he is the Iron Man. You got him on your team, you got 16 games out of him. And there's something to be said for that at the quarterback position. There's a lot of guys that miss a lot of games. Eli Manning is Cal Ripken. He He, don't miss no games. He's just too up and down for me. Sometimes he has huge games, and sometimes he crafts the bed. How many games did he have scoring five or six points last season? No, no, I know, but but here's the point. I'm looking at the last half. Once Odell Beckham came into the the fold. Okay, he had two games with under ten points. Okay, you're gonna get you're gonna get one of those. Listen, I agree with you, man. I, listen, I know it's you're there. not going into every week. The reason why you're able to get Eli in the sixth, seventh round is because there's every once in a while he friggin' drops, uh, you know, fourth fourth meal. Here's what we don't number know. three on Here's your what face. we don't know though. We don't know what the full effect is of another year of Ruben Randall's development. Odell Beckham being Odell Beckham and Victor Cruz maybe getting back, even if it's after week six or whatever it is. When do, you, when do you care about the most important, best games for Eli? I hope it's between week 7 and week uh, 16. I want, I want the playoff run, and I want the, I want the playoffs. Eli Manning, strike the schedule. Number four, baby. Here's, I like that. Here's one of the things, though. You guys like to think more towards the end of the season. I want him hot then. I don't give a crap when the guy's hot. I just want him hot for an extended period of time. If it's weeks 1 through 6... Or if it's weeks 7 through 12, that means nothing to me. Well, no, no. I, because I, it's still going to help me get wins. As long as I get the wins at some point, I don't really care when they're coming to me. As long as they're helping me get into the playoffs. My point is also this, though. But when you're talking about quarterbacks who are at number 7, 8, 9, 10, you're going to get shit weeks. So 
whether it be Matt Ryan, whether it be Matthew Stafford, whether it be uh, Cam Newton, you're going to get some clunkers out there. So Eli can have a clunker or two, but as long as he's... And again, the guys that have the top wide receiver weapons and not good running games tend to do pretty good. We also, it's def, I don't think I'm ever going to be higher on Eli than 13 because I know there's a fact that Eli can come out next season and throw 25 interceptions. No, I'm, here's here's well, the, he, he did Eli's throw 27 risk. the year before, and he threw 14 last year. So Eli comes with risks, but there are. And again, and you're right. He's back, never thrown less than 10. Was his best year ever, and uh, he's thrown 185 to 259 touchdowns in his career. I like him. If, if he's <laughs> if I wait and go for a quarterback, there it comes with a lot of risk. But the value you'll get in place of, of, of the quarterback position might be worth it in taking a shot on this guy for this year. In the same way that I think Tannehill and Cutler were last year. You know, those guys still ended quite nice and you, you were able to really, really wait, wait late. Were they as good as the top ending guys? No. But the value that you were able to get at other positions with other draft picks by waiting... You were rewarded for waiting uh, down the stretch for Tannehill. And, um, you know, another example is... I mean, Eli Manning had 269 last year. Anyway, I don't think that I think at the beginning of the season that way. I don't. But we with Eli, you have to look at the last half of this season for sure. I was in one league for sure last year that... I didn't make the playoffs because of those first six weeks. So I understand the, under, the the need to get off and get victories right out of the gates because it doesn't work in fantasy football to get hot at the end of the season unless your team's awesome and you're already in the playoffs and a couple of your players get hot. Oh, it's so good to see him smiling again. Yeah. And you know what won't make him smile? When I murder him! On the flip side, though, I have a guy at 11 who you guys both have at 18, and that's Philip Rivers. Uh, Explain to me why you're so high on Philip Rivers. He finished 12th position last year, even though he had the back half of last season uh, with pretty much, what, a t- torn muscle in his back? Was it? And he was an MVP candidate. Well, that's he started eight, super hot. The first, first five games, he was out in Fuego. Okay, in the first... Let's see. Oh, through, through week eight, his low-scoring game was 12 and a half, and that was week one. And then he had one, two, three, four, and one at 19.8. So five games above 19.8 fantasy points a game. Through the first eight weeks of the season, through the first half of the season, or last season, this guy was the leading MVP candidate. There was no one on the planet who would debate you about that, except for maybe a DeMarco Murray. But... You know, quarterbacks get MVPs, running backs don't. So, who was going to debate you that Philip Rivers was an MVP candidate through the first eight weeks? We, we talked about it. Yeah, we, we, we were. We, we, where's that? Where's the guy? Where, who, where's who's the best target last year? Very early was Gates. Obviously, you know that. Then Eddie Royal was his go-to. Eddie Royal's on our team now. He Cutler's throwing the pill to him. Where? What? What do they have as far as weapons going? Where? Ryan Matthews, Matthews is gone. Gone. He was injured a bunch, anyways, which helped the reason that he had to throw a ton. They had. They had Miller or Oliver. They had Oliver as their go-to guy for a middle of the season stretch of about uh, seven seven weeks. Uh, You'll see, Frank. One day I'll punch you right in the face, and then you'll respect me. I'll uh, believe it when I see it, muchacho. 
That's how I feel about the San Diego Padres. The San Diego Padres. San Diego. I love. I love Rivers. I love his gumption. I love a lot of things about it. But right now, his best target is a slow coming up a terrible season, Allen, and a Jesus Christ. He's still in the league. Uh, football, basketball player Gates. There's just not that many tools for him to get the ball to, which hurts. That's well, my only issue with him. I love Rivers. He's done it without targets his pretty much his whole career. But Who's still is, a Rivers? Is, best this best target besides a in prime Antonio Gates. Who's his best receiver? Keenan Allen. No, well, he's talking in about his whole, his whole career. Oh, Vincent Jackson. Jackson. Yeah. Okay. Jackson. Or Malcolm Floyd. Vincent Jackson. Okay. So. You don't think that any of these guys can get him a thousand yards and potential eight to ten touchdowns? Because that's all. Who are needs. these guys? I don't even know who these guys are. Keenan Allen. You got Stevie Johnson, who's got a thousand. Stevie yards. Johnson. Yeah. He's got Stevie a thousand Johnson, yard season on his Stevie resume. Johnson's done. Yeah. He's Stevie got a thousand yards season on his resume. I know, but Stevie Johnson. Is he on your? Is he on your tiers? Yeah. He's not on my. He's not on my tiers. <laughs> Stevie Johnson. Right. Not, he's he's done. Looked that great. Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen showed that you know what he what he, what he did was he's a. Fantastic ball hawk. No, he's an awesome number two on a team. He's not a wide receiver one. Well, he's a great ball hawk. No, no, the ball's in the air. I love Keenan Allen's game. Other than that, but he will be if he was the number two on this team, he would be awesome. Yeah, he can't handle the number one role. He it's because he doesn't have an athletic trait that you know puts him over the edge. He doesn't have size or speed. speed. Couldn't this be a team that if they do go and again, I know you guys are a little more worried about the rookies at quarterback and rookies at other positions. We were talking about Devontae Parker during that video uh, earlier today that we did. I'm not as scared. The way rookies are, especially a wide receiver, if they go and get one of those serious talent guys, hey, amen. My, My thought's different. But right now I'm looking at a team that's just God, it's weaponless. That's the problem. It is weaponless. It's weaponless, and it's old. It's all. Its best weapon is its oldest, and its second best is, is it might be its, its slowest. Its best weapon is the catfish with manti tail. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the, anybody's best weapon? Hey, it, it worked. Monte. It worked. I'm still on board with uh, Monte. I, Monte Ball. I think the co- <laughs> no. What's Monte the co- the uh, tacos guy? What's that guy's name? Monte the tacos guy. The the talk show guy. Tacos? Oh, Monte. Oh, Monte, oh, oh, oh. Monte oh, Ellis? Mon- no, no, not the Dick. basketball player. Not yet. Mon- Monte Williams. Monte yes. Williams. Yes. Uh, okay, I should know this. I watch it every day. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know why my number one most TiVo didn't watch show. I would not remember. I'm sorry, Monte. <laughs> the thing is, I just think he's, he could do it without much. I think he's a guy who, even without talent around him, is going to probably average 300 yards a game, 275 to 300 yards a game. He's going to sling it, and he's going to sling it a lot, uh, especially with Brandon Oliver as your lead back as of right now. So if there's any team that needs to go offense in the first round, that's the San Diego Superchargers. Frank, if I do land this jump, will you respect me? Until he beat me in a fight, you pathetic washout. I can't wait to punch your face in. I can't wait for you to try. <laughs> sounds like this sounds like us in, in post production. <laughs> How'd the podcast go? Screw you, D Rex. I can't get no <laughs> respect. You haven't been respecting me <laughs> on the podcast. 
the last 16 shows. Does anybody... All I want is to earn your respect, Frank. How can I do that if you won't fight me? <laughs> Does anybody want to talk about Colin Kaepernick? No. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Let's move on. Where, but where do you have him? Kaepernick. Oh, Kaepernick. Where I, he's down on my list. Kaepernick, I have at 18. Newton's got him at 16. Houdini's got him at 24. Sounds like a guy who owned him for the last two years. Ooh. That would be me. Get off my but, tears. You don't, own, off my you don't tears. own Kaepernick. Kaepernick owns you. <laughs> yeah. Let's be honest. Other than the first game last year. I couldn't like, believe. I can't wait. I, I can't, no, can't, no, no. I look, no, no, no. That was two years ago. Was that two years? Two years ago. He didn't ago. do anything in that show. Right. Right. Yes, he right. did. Remember that 151 Last year, I was Washington? waiting. I was waiting was last, last year. Time? And think about how much better my like team would have been. I waited in my league, and I'm like, I was like, I could have gotten Tony Tony Romo. All these guys went right before I was about to pick. Because I'm like, I need to get this last quarterback. And people doubled down on quarterbacks. And the worst part was, right before I took Kaepernick, the guy who I was going to take, who we were high on for potential, and what he did. Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah. That's a bad time. That was like, and I got, and then and then the worst part was, I doubled down on disaster. My RG3. second quarterback was RG3. Oh, Trubs. <laughs> Trubs. You were trying to figure out. I was trying to live. 2011. 2011. To the, ta- to the yeah, talent, the, the position back. talent. Going back. All right, let's talk. What else we got to? Uh, what else we want to talk about here? Let's talk about some more wide receiver action. We haven't really gone too wide deep receiver. into that. Um, you know, for me, it's such a deep position at this point. It where really what is. you really need to do is evaluate. Do your tiers. Set it up. But you have to go do mock drafts and evaluate. I, you know, average draft position, ADPs, and while I love the idea for years of going high on getting the elite wide receivers with the first couple or few handful of picks, not saying that's not the way I'll go, but there's a reserve. You know, we're having a water shortage in this country because our aquifers are emptying out, and uh, the, the West is in a drought. The wide receivers are not in a drought. You're, the, the running backs are better this year than they were last They're year. They're still in a drought, though. But it's still harder commodity to come by. Let's put so, it this way. Let me, let me give people an idea. When we talk about the last, uh, our, our collective tiers, 15 through 20 in running backs, you're talking, so let's think about your, these are your starting running backs. Lamar Miller, Mark Ingram, Alfred Morris, Justin Forsett, Trey Mason, Frank Gore. How great is that? Now, collectively tiered, let's go, call it even wide receiver three, which a lot of leagues don't even do anymore, right? So we're basically talking the end But of talk the, about the guys you're getting in that same zone for, for wide 15, receiver Okay, first. 15 to Alshon Jeffrey, DeAndre Hopkins, Golden Tate, Kelvin Benjamin, Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins. But I'd much the, rather have those wide receivers. But here's what's go even down, more impressive. Down, yeah, go, it's, go it's the next 10 as you go through. Jordan Matthews, Brandon Marshall, Jeremy Macklin, Deshaun Jackson, Victor Cruz, Martavis Bryant, Brandon LaFell, Mike Wallace, Julian Edelman, Roddy White. That's still a lot of value there. Absolutely. When I Never. start going that deep on running back and you're going, oh, stop, just stop, just, just stop, <laughs> don't say yeah, anymore. Yeah. I'm, you're going to be miserable if you're right. worried about them. Now, remember Dogmatica about a month ago said, the smartest move I ever did was piling up on running backs early, and then he told us the running backs he had done, and none of them played. It was, it was Adrian Peterson. Zero games or whatever. Uh, this next guy was Monty Ball, and his next guy after that, I'm spacing it, but it was it was someone. Gio Bernard. G, it was yeah, Gio, Gio Bernard. So while I agree with that was his first three rounds. Now I agree with 
the thought, the concept works because you, if you did do a little bit better of a job picking some of these running backs and getting that talent, you're seeing that you can still get a serviceable, nice wide receiver one, two, three. I'm not condoning that you do that. I won't well, do we've that. Also said but I like though. the balance, but also not eyeing it or airing it towards wide receiver like I'm used to because. Shit, I can still I, get a Matthews. You're right. I can still go get a, a Cooks. You can get a, a Mike Evans. You can get all these guys deeper, deeper down the road. Plus all the seven wide receivers that are going to be rookies this year. You've pointed out why you and I and I'm with you on this. Should not go into anything saying I'm going to pick any positions. You let it come to you because I'm going to tell you this: piloting all those running backs. I'm going back over the last like. Don Martin. Uh, the, the, the list goes on of guys that were great in their first year and sucked in their second year. They all become first or second round draft picks. Jeremy Hill. Right. Oh, my bad. Well, no. <laughs> that's what I'm hoping doesn't doesn't fall prey to that. But it's like, but you have to worry about that. And so CJ Anderson. It happens so many times at the running back position, but you also have so many opportunities. And just because the the teams are not valuing them as first round draft picks anymore, and they're all getting drafted in the second to fifth round. Doesn't mean that a fifth round pick can't be a player anymore. It was more, it was different when it was Terrell Davis who got picked in the sixth round because running backs were going four of them in the first round at that point in time. Yep. No one was lasting into the second round. It was like if you were picking a running back in the third round, you were picking out of a wasteland. Yeah. Nowadays, you're picking in the third round. You're still picking out of out of a, a healthy bushel of, of players. So. I look at it this way when I say, and there's plenty of failures around those top ten, but don't set yourself into a position. Set yourself up and look at it and say, because again, while all those players look great, what they did last year is not going to happen this year. Straight the schedule, all these other things and all these other components, different things can play into it. Defense is keying on you, but leave yourself open to, and know this position is deeper and also just know, if you need to be grabbing all those running backs, maybe it's not in the first three rounds. Quarterbacks deeper and, wide and tight no. ends deeper too. Right. Maybe it's not in the first three rounds. Maybe it's in that when the running backs get between 20, 22 and 40. Out of those 18, you want three oh, of those. I like that idea. You see what I'm saying? I like that you see idea. That? Yeah. And the one thing I want to tell you about, the, the, you mentioned how don't lock in on a position. Also, don't lock in on a formula. And I've done this in my manifesto three years ago, probably even two years ago. Last year I said, hey, I can't do this. i got to get the best i got to be open to all positions. But sometimes we're like, all right, I've got the seventh slot. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take the two best wide receivers there. Then whatever's the best uh, running back, I'm taking there. So I'm going to come out of there. And then whatever's next, I'm, whoever's the best uh, in the fourth round, I'm either going to go with the best tight end or another round out my third wide receiver or a running back or a quarterback. But then after that, no matter what, I'm definitely going for my second running back. Well, look, you know, don't set yourself up and have this like pre set pre-tab, hey, I've got to make picks that are available fit into this predetermined uh, first five picks and what position they're at set. Don't do that is what Houdini's saying. That's what I'm saying. If times have changed, go in and <laughs> go another, back to my manifesto. It was running back, running back. Yeah, running back. Then it running. was running back, running back, revisited yeah. the next year. So and, and something that we've talked about in the podcast a little bit that I got from one of Mo's videos and, and, and well, something that's great is uh, uh, Mo is going to be interviewing uh, J.J. Zakarian, 
uh, that fantasy dude from, um, what, I forget what site he's on, but uh, he's changed around sites, but this guy's good. He's been around for a while, Mo's going to be interviewing him, it's going to be awesome, that's a little pyro promo, uh, but at the end, but really what I learned from a Mo video from a, uh, a couple months ago was someone was just Late saying... Late round quarterback. That guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So the one thing that, that he said that really stuck with me, and it's something that I'm really going to try and be doing throughout the draft, and it might overload me with a position that I don't need at the time, but starting this year, I'm going to give this try best guy on the board. Obviously, in the first few rounds, first four rounds, I want to get my main position. Wait, wait, best guy on the board? You mean Valverde is the talking. board in your throat? Now you're talking. <laughs> Play it uh, again. Play it again. I heard you. Now you're talking. Nice. I thought I was. I was interrupting it while I was talking. <laughs> you were talking through my audio. But I mean, so at this point, like in those rounds you're talking about, going from fifth to the fifteenth, I'm just gonna take. If I have five, if I have not five, if I have three tight ends on my team if, if between the fifth and the fifteenth round. Who cares? Because I might be able to get value and trade them, grabbing the best guy on the board, grabbing that talent, stocking up on those running backs because that's a depleted position. You know what? You can't fill. Usually I like to fill up a starting lineup through my first eight or nine. That's not the way I'm going to think these days because, or, or this year because I just think there's so much value and I'm not scared to trade. And injuries do happen so much that – just grab the talent, get some sick talent, and play it like uh, like NFL uh, you know coaches and staffs do. Well, I'll tell you this, but if I'm going to let a position slide, for me it is wide receiver, because for the second year in a row, you're having probably one of the deepest wide receiver classes in the last 20 years, back to back years. There is so much depth at that position right now that. What's great about that is, let's say, because you're going to wait, and I'm in the three-wide receiver league, let's say I, I leave it out in the first two rounds, or the first three rounds. Let's say I go a running back, maybe a tight end and a quarterback. The next five rounds, I'll go one, whatever the position is I need to fill, whether it's an extra running back position, and then go four wide receivers. And if you're grabbing all in that mid-range, you know what we always know every year? There's a bunch of those guys in that mid-range that jump up to the top. So it's just a matter of, Pinpointing which guys are the guys that have the best chance for success. Not grabbing the old dogs, not grabbing the dead dogs, grabbing the the the, the, the right dogs. Well, I so, agree. I agree. Here's here's the thing about that though. Wide receivers are that explosion factor position that those elite top guys. I'm not saying that one of the guys that you grab in the eighth round can't explode and have those big games. Bryant's done it. Hopkins did it. There are guys that, that, that have that ability. Lock in on those guys. But at the same time, um, you know, I do like having that elite talent at that position because they can go off. And at the end of the day, you can get your wide receiver two and wide receiver three in those middle ranges. Think about this. A guy like Cole Beasley, who was on zero people's tiers last year, is a vi- especially in a PPR format, is a viable, viable option. He's the third. He's the third, probably the fourth target on the team behind Witten, behind Terrence Williams, behind Des Bryant. Think about that. That's just on the Cowboys. I Think about four this. guys. I'll name. We'll go to the Giants. Yeah. Eli Manning. 
uh, Jarrell Jarnigan or whatever still on that team. Then you've got you've got the dude from LSU that you guys have have, have always Ruben loved, Randall. Ruben Randall. I don't love as much. He's, yeah, he has. He's never. He's never really done breaker. it. But those are two guys that are after Cruz. Bad news you gave us. I'm gonna look up that kind of stuff in the next couple days. Totally believe you, and that changes things. And then you got ODB, who I think is injury prone or potentially, but that guy is number two talent in the whole friggin' league. So that's two teams that you've got four guys at the wide receiver position on each team, or three or four, that it's ridiculous. You want to know what else is ridiculous? My life, Valverde Tom. Very impressive. Ultimate punch! Straight to the throat. This is like, this movie's like Rocky (laughs) 6. It's a great movie. Hot Rocky 6. Hot Rocky 6. Um, what are your thoughts on, on, on where you're going to be going with wide receivers? And Are you waiting? Are you, do you like to get the high peak talent early? and then? I told you I was very comfortable with those top ten running backs. And I feel like any one of those top ten guys could finish number one at the position uh, currently and their current circumstances. So I think what I'm going to try to do is get one of those top running backs either in the first or second round, and the other one's going to be stacked with the stud wide receiver. And whether that's first, whether that's second, we'll see. It depends yeah. on the tiers shake out at the time. But, you know, after that, I think I'm going to avoid tight ends for a while. But, hey, if somehow Jimmy Graham slips to the fourth round, and I think he's a value then. What if Gronk's there at, at, uh, you're in the middle of the second round? If... Gronk slips below pick 15, you know, on ADP, I think you got to take him. Just, he scored 30 more points than Antonio Gates last season in one less game. Uh, you know, dude scores, what, 54 touchdowns in 65 career games. He scores at a higher rate than kickers. And, you know, that's pure NFL point scoring. And not, rate uh, than kickers. That's incredible. <laughs> it's crazy. And he dude just scores touchdowns, and he's so consistent. And if I get, and he's fun to have in your team. Yeah, I mean, having the best tight end is one of those big advantages. As the top tight end can score like sixty more points than the next closest guy, or it just seems like from one to two, that is the biggest differential between any position. Unless somebody's going to go off and have a record-setting year, like a. Peyton Manning two years ago, right. like in Antonio Brown last so year. Those are anomalies. They, 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 yeah. they come up every about three years or so, three yeah. or four years. The wow. Marshall Falks, the Priest Holmes, the yeah, the Danny Tomlinson, Larry Johnson, the, Chris Johnson, yeah. Chris Johnson, any of those 2,000-yard receivers. Is Chris Johnson going to be in the league this year? I don't know. How about that? Talk about a guy who everyone's talking about beating his speed time and that speed guy's going to be out of the league. Well, he, he he didn't do him any, himself any favors. I I like the guy. I, I hope he gets shot. Yeah, well, I don't know. I, I like him. I, I like his opportunities. I like what he's done in the league. But there's just something he he just didn't he didn't approach it right. But I wish I hope he's on the team. Let's uh let's talk about a couple more things, and I think we can uh, shut this party down. Why well, what's funny is this isn't we're only at two hours, but because we did that video, and it feels like we've been uh, we've been recording for a while. You live at home. You got no job. All you're good for is goofing around with your friends on your moped. You're wrong, Frank. I'm not a kid. I'm a man. I am going to get you better. And then I'm going to beat you to death. <laughs> <laughs> so 
tell us how you really feel. <laughs> Two questions. Sam Bradford, I've got him in my fifth tier uh, below that Cutler uh, action I was talking about. Here's, here's a question that's not really tier related, but you can make it into how they fit into your tiers. Nick Foles, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford. What are you feeling, both of you guys, out of those quarterbacks? What, what, who do you feel has the best chance of, of topping out, and who do you have highest in your tiers? Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford, yeah. And I, I do too. But injury doesn't, I mean, he Look, never, how many, how many got, games have played the last few years? I got Sam Bradford, I got a 13. I got Nick Foles at 17. Who was the other one? Bridgewater. And Bridgewater, I got at 21. So, here's the thing. I I, I could almost maybe see Foles and Bridgewater sl- switching places because Foles doesn't have anyone there. There's yeah, no one to no, throw the ball to there. So, I, I, I look at that. I look at Sam Bradford and I look at what Chip Kelly's trying to do with his offense. And he's basically saying it's a smart move because Sam Bradford, he does not really need a... a, a a quarterback to throw the downfield pass as much. They, they don't really need to. They did it last year, but they didn't need to. He yeah. wants more of an accurate passer, accurate passer, just efficient offense. Run you to death. He'd rather have you get down the field in four minutes over 13 plays. Four minutes and 13 plays. Than to do it in uh, a minute 30 in three in, plays. In three plays, right. He doesn't want it. He, want, he, yeah. wants to, he wants to show how running that offense so fast and so efficiently and efficiently is not taking the deep shot, but taking it when you get it, but work him so hard. And that's what Bradford's always been good at. He is one of the most accurate passers within 15 yards. Here's the thing. Have you heard Kelly describe his offense lately? He describes it as a spread power offense. And this is one of the most accurate descriptions I've ever heard. He wants a power runner who's going to run out of a single back eye, but they're going to spread it out. And... His main thing is minimizing bad decisions, uh, minimizing interceptions, and they threw 21 of them last season as a team. But here's the reason that Sam Bradford's ranked the highest. They, they attempted 623 pass attempts between the quarterbacks last season. They threw for over 4,500 yards. They threw 27 touchdowns with 21 picks. You cut the picks in half, and then these guys score like 18 fantasy points a game. Uh... And getting him as a backup, you know, he could potentially pay off as a big, big kind of... If I'm drafting a backup that's not Eli Manning, the second guy I'm going to is Sam Bradford. There's no way Bradford's going to be drafted as a backup this year because he's on that team. No, no, I... Look, we don't... None of us had him ranked that high, so... 13, 14, 15, between all You know how this works, dude. He's going to be healthy. He's going to be looking great in the preseason. No, because you know what? There's still still too many names. Too many guys have not retired... I mean, you know, Philip Rivers, Eli Manning, Tony Romo, those guys Matt are all Ryan, going Matthew Stafford. I, mean, look, look. I did not see Rivers going in front of Staff, Stafford. I don't uh, see Rivers either, Brad, but, but all the other guys, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan. I don't know what I'm not saying Cutler either. I think he's in the Cutler rage. That's where he's at. He's in that, that that's that's the company he should be keeping. I think but he's, he's top, better than those guys. And here's the other thing. Here's the difference why you why you like him better than Cutler, though. Cutler's going from, and he's not going to necessarily tone down. Well, he may tone down the interceptions, but he's also going to tone down the touchdowns because John Fox is not going to let him throw the ball. Adam Gates not going to let him throw the ball as much unless he's. I don't know. Unless he's starting to prove no, no. The the league leader in interceptions has to prove that he can make a smart decision before they're going to let him throw the ball. <laughs> Sorry. 
They're stuck with him for one more year, but they ain't gonna they ain't going that way. I, I just don't think with Sam Bradford's <coughs> injury risk, with you know the uncertainty around all the Eagles changeover and you know all this stuff, I don't. I think he'll be the 13th or 14th quarterback drafted, and if so, that's a good pick. And if he goes up to 10 or 11, you know, I'm not too worried about drafting. Uh, if he gets much higher than that, you know, I'm not gonna push my luck. Because remember, we pushed up Nick Foles last season to number five or so, or number yeah, four. I, I, and, you know, overvaluing what he did the season before. But we know the quarterback in the Philly offense can put up numbers, no matter who he really is. Sure. Sanchez was a viable starting quarterback. Uh, he did have some games that were clunkers, but he was a viable starting quarterback for much of the time he was the starter last season. Well, here, let, let, me, let me... All right, I'm going to shift conversation before we close this thing out. Let's Let's... Let's close this thing up by where we're at on the rookie quarterbacks from last year. Okay. So you're Blake Bortles, Derek Carr, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. I think I, do we need to go any deeper than that. I think that's, that's not it. it. Johnny Tom Fox. Savage, Johnny Man's. No. He's third. Third. Tom Savage. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. I was, thought you were saying. Well, we're we're pretty consistent on so Carr. We have it. Stags twenty three. Newton twenty four. Houdini, 25. Blake Bortles, uh, Stags, you're 26. Noonan, you're 23. I'm up at 20. I, I got more belief in, in, in Bortles. And Bridgewater, I'm not as high as you guys are. You guys are 19 for Stags, 17 for Noonan, and, and uh, for D-Rex, and I'm at 21. And just so you guys know, for me, that Bridgewater is Tier 5, and the Bortles and Carr are in Tier 7 for me. Gotta make we're talking about tiers here, so we gotta make sure we talk about them. What, what, yep. tier, what tiers you got them in? I have those three. Those three. So I have uh, Derek Carr for me is in tier six. Bridgewater and Bortles are in tier five. So I've got Teddy B in tier six, uh, Derek Carr in tier eight, and Bortles in tier nine. Well, you don't like Bortles, huh? No, you don't. You still like the team, probably. Show me something at, different. <laughs> well, see, I look at I look at that team, and I, I, I here's why. So here's why I'm I'm the highest on Bortles. I'll, I'll, let me let me just close, talk about him. Is that you can add Julius Thomas? You you have Allen Robinson. You have Allen Hearns. You have uh, Cecil Shorts is probably going to be gone, right? Cecil Shorts is going to Texas. He's going to Texas. Okay, but you got Marquise Lee. You got Marquise Lee. You got Marquise Lee. Who I like it. You got right. A, there's a t- and, and you don't have anyone at running back still. This is still a passing team, and I, I just think, again, I like these progression of young type teams. A little, I, again, my, my most common example and recent example is Andrew Luck with, with what they did with Indianapolis and how all the young talent around there was growing together. And there's something to be said for, yeah, it's okay to struggle for two years, but if you're growing together, the chemistry and all these things are going to start to come, come about. And I see Blake Bortles being one of these guys that may struggle for the first five, six weeks of the season. And I see that second half of the season being, wow, the kid's starting to figure it out. And you're going to see some really nice games. They gave him a hard system last year. A lot of players getting injured and coming in and out. A lot of the specialty targets. Obviously, their running back situation was Garbaggio. They had Donard Robinson was their best running back. Scary. But 
what they're doing is they're going to strip it down, they've said. They're going to make it easier. They made things too hard for him. And he still did all right yeah. the serviceable. So I can see with Blackman and a lot of these new targets being in the mix, them making things a little bit easier for him. I think he's going to have a nice progression to the second season. Do I think he's going to be great? Not at all. Do I, I can see him like a Tannehill second year. I can see him. I, I feel like he's going to do well. Um, you know, do I want him to be my starting quarterback? No. Do I want him to be my backup? Pretty much not. But... If I'm in a deep league and there's a guy that you're going to take a flyer that out of nowhere could all of a sudden be slinging it and ringing it, he could be the guy. Well, and here, here, if you're not going to be grabbing that. You're not going to have to take that guy until I'll tell you what, 16. I, I, especially why, how I know I'm higher on him than anybody else, of, of all these rookies. In my 16-team league, I am desperate trying to make a trade to get a young quarterback. And I've made offers for the, the owners that have all of these three guys because they each have three quarterbacks on their team and can actually trade me one. And he's the guy that I want more than any of them. He's the guy that I just look at it and I go, wow, I just really like everything that's going on there. I look at what Teddy Bridgewater's got. I, I, I'm not sure what's going on in Minnesota. They could get better if they trade Adrian Peterson. It could be good if Adrian Peterson's there. I just don't know. Derek Carr, it's Oakland. I don't trust it. You know, Jacksonville may have the same stigma on the other side, but at the same time, I just Jack, they might have the same Jack Sigma on the other side. Jack Sigma, <laughs> hey, seven foot four. Jacksonville's Oak, Oakland South or that's Oakland what I'm saying. East. They are. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're but they've but got they got a better system. They're not. Coach. They don't have the history of of complete. I like the I like where they're that, that Oakland does uh, right now. Okay, what here's do you my thing. Can anybody block for Blake Bortles? They'll draft him. You're going to draft a whole new offensive Tony line. Baselli. Tony Baselli. Where's Tony Baselli when we need him? <laughs> there is not a soul on that team who can block for Blake Bortles. Dude had no time last season. You're know, going to run for a lot of yards. <laughs> and he he actually did. Most yeah, was it fifth? I, I thought it was even better. Know. Fifth most among quarterbacks. You never knew he was that fast. He wasn't. It's a four nine. I know. Scared I know. speed. It's, that was scared speed. Guys, guys, I'm just tempering my expectations because you got to have time to get it out to these weapons. You know, you fired your offensive coordinator after the first year because you had a difference of philosophy with your head coach. That tells me that was a bad hiring job by the head coach, by the GM. You know, think about it. You know, you're going to have a rookie quarterback or at least a younger quarterback to develop. Let's throw a 700 play playbook at him. You know. Day one. But you didn't don't, hear him don't complaining you, about it. And, and don't you think that... Don't, you what, saying he couldn't learn don't the, you give him credit, though, for, for what he did in that system with all those all those complications? Agreed. And, and and again, yeah, they're in not the going to they're not, sit there again this year and go, we need to add to offense in skill positions. They're going to they're going to do everything Good they point. can to try to... Pro- again, he's their franchise quarterback. They're going to try to protect him. Well, hopefully they do get a running back. Of yeah, some maybe nature. simplifying the offense helps in that regard. Hey, well, I think I think any of those guys we're talking about not in a, in a, in a way that we think Blake Bortles is going to be the difference between these are not the Andrew Lux and RG three. We're talking about second, year. second year guys, exactly. So I'm on all on board with the Teddy Bridgewater. You know, what and he, I do what, what he ended up doing at the end of last season. You know, stringing together games where he's throwing more touchdowns than interceptions. Not throwing a lot of interceptions. Uh, finishing the season with a positive touchdown-interception ratio. Completing nearly 65% of his passes. Uh, averaging like 300 passing or uh, 275 passing yards over the last four games of the season. I got two words for you. Mike Wallace. What is he suddenly going to... He's going to get along for a while. 
He's going to be a good target for a while for a fifth-round pick. They got him for And his game's changed. And Cordero Patterson's going to be up. Cordero, yeah. what's Cordero going to be? But, but this, this week, you Something. saw... No, you saw this week, uh, um, the coach from Space. space no, Zimmer, yeah. Zimmer. No, 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 we're not no, trading. No, oh, no, uh, no. The, the guy that just came from the Browns last year, head coach of the San Diego Chargers. Or Turner. Turner. Oh, Turner oh, said oh, that Charles Johnson is hands down the best our best receiver. receiver. So, whatever Wallace brings is great. He was the number one down with Tannehill. Johnson, we saw what that guy can do. He's hungry. He doesn't have a contract. That guy was not in the league two years ago. Right. This guy got traded. North Turner thought he was awesome when he had him on the Browns. They dropped him. They're like, what? Okay, fucking idiots. We'll pick him up. He's their best receiver. Whether Adrian Peterson's there or not, so be it. Kyle Rudolph coming back. I think we're... Jarek McKinnon as a change of pace third down oh, no, back. Matt Asiata as a goal liner. Just no, I, but I like what he does. He's a winner. This guy's Asiata is, is, is nothing that helps Bridgewater's It's stuff. true. He scores touchdowns. Bridgewater, Not Bridgewater. for Bridgewater. Yeah. Bridgewater <laughs> makes things look easier than they Gets are. the ball, too. I think I like Bridgewater, too. Let's, um... Let's just yeah. Let me just close out on tiers on tiers components, and let's just let's just talk about tiers, not talk about individual players on our tiers quickly, and then we'll close this thing out. Um, essentially, what I think you just need to do when you're working on your tiers is start now, set it up, get your sheet going, break it down. We were talking earlier about doing uh, mock drafts. Put put our information, and we'll put in our second round of tiers. We'll actually give you a download. And if you're a Pyro Pro member um, in the coming uh, weeks, we'll actually give you our Excel files of our of our tiers, so that you can just take those and then form them for your own uh, from there. But start it early, get it going off, and you can put it on the shelf. Follow the news continually, and just make sure that the only thing that you are going by when you walk into your fantasy football draft is your tiers. Break them. Try and bust them. In web development, the thing you're trying to do, or any business uh, idea you have, you're trying to break the business. You're trying to play devil's advocate. You're trying to check out, and, and you're trying to break the system. All of these points we made earlier in the show at the beginning are spot on. I think tiers is the way to go. So, ask us questions on Second Opinions. Ask us questions on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. Twitter, we're hitting it up. Twitter.com forward slash P-Y-R-O. M-A-N, the number one, A-C. And then the last thing I'm going to say here is we need, before, and then we're shutting this party down, we need you guys that are listening to go and give us a review on iTunes. Please. We've got, I think, 66 reviews, and we got a hell of a lot more. we got something like 27,000 or 2,700 regular listeners. When we put this podcast up, within... Literally hours. Twenty seven hundred of these podcasts. If you've listened to more than five, we've only got sixty six reviews. If you've listened to more than five, give us a shout out and don't 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 be a don't be a, a hater and a, and, a, and, a, and a hate fucker and just, just just go out there and just give us. I'd rather I'd rather have you go and hate it and give it a review and have it be an honest review. But if you've listened you more do. than five times, you want us to be around. Keep us around. We need these. It helps our stature. It helps our, us in the directory of iTunes. And you look at some really crappy uh, podcasts out there, and, the, and they've got 500. You look at some really good ones. They've only got 15. We need your help. Go to iTunes. Check us out. Write us a review. Hook it up. 
Have fun being married to Satan. Yes. And you can say it, you can call it Satan or what have you. We're but the, uh, I think this has been a great podcast as usual. We're the ones that started Tears within the industry. We're going to be keep driving this stuff home. And uh, we're going to keep working and working. The music that we started out with that we're going to close out is the Jesus and Mary Chain off of Honey's Dead. Um, the opening was it, Catch Fire. The opening, the opening was uh, Catch Fire. And the closer is going to be uh, Reverence. Reverence? Reverence. Let's do it. Paul Reverence. Paul Reverence. Love you guys.
kind of grumpy today, dude. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. Just having those dreams again. You know how it's just me in a castle. I got to fight like a thousand wizards. The only way to beat them is to punch them as hard as I can in their faces. Then when I'm done, all their little wizard wives came out, wanted me just to have sex with them, which is kind of weird.